For a time, we tried to contact him by radio, but no response. Welcome in, everybody, to episode 33 of the Dumb Marks Podcast, your favorite Saturday brunch bunch. Uh, Donald out here with the new drip. He said, throw a fanny pack across the shoulder, <laughs> title belts across my shoulder now. Yeah. Coming in for the coming in for the crown this morning, huh? <laughs> yeah, some titles just, just yeah, some titles just need to be left alone. I see that. I see that. I think he wants to defend that thing. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Hey, I'll, I'll tweet out my address. Come on. So, <laughs> you go, throwing down the gauntlet early. I can see what type of pod this is going to be. And, and with that being said, I'm going to before we throw it around to everybody for for their week and that, see how shit's shit's been going and everything else. Uh, quick quick question for you: Does tipping her OnlyFans count as a charitable donation? <laughs> that question was thrown out by the OGG shirt down there on the bottom right <laughs> this week. Um, did we ever get a true answer to the question, Jason? Well, they have uh, employee ID numbers or the social security numbers. So I don't believe so. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't believe they qualify as a charity. So back in the day, whenever I whenever I used to frequent certain establishments um, that uh, may or may not have been in the McKees Rocks area, um, and, and donations um, would those have counted back then as charitable donations? Because yeah. right, I I have contributed to some GoFundMe college funds before GoFundMe. <laughs> no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you were doing it for the kids. And up in Canada, you may you, you make it hell in Canada. You don't make it rain, you make it hell because they got loonies and toonies up there. They got the dollar coins, two dollar coins. So you have to just change. <laughs> you should go international with it, huh? You got hey, we're trying to be global, you know. You gotta you gotta help out wherever you go. It's the, it's the kindness of your heart, you know what I mean? So with yeah. that being said, you gotta be a nonprofit. That's right. The five hundred one C three form. You gotta have that nonprofit government form. There you go. We're getting into it this morning, fellas. We getting into it. What's going on? How's everybody doing? Everybody good? Everybody's doing good. They're doing good. Doing good. Hey, I'm telling you, I told you, I, that's the energy we need on this podcast. You, you put, it out there on, put it out there on Facebook, and I'm going to tag it, and I'm going to bring it up on the pod. That, that's, that's, just me. that's what I'm going to do. So, because so, <laughs> you, I mean, I didn't know it was either the OnlyFans tax credit question or... Do I come in here talking about you being so obsessed with slicing a perfect tomato slice that you went out and bought a tomato slicer? Yes. And, and how and do you my, use the slicer? My tomato is too big for the tomato slicer. <laughs> so I just got to slice it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you gotta be kidding me, right? 
you need you need the old school. Chris knows this because we both worked at Subway back in the day. You need that you need that tomato slicer. Where you, I was thinking the same machine, thing. You get the handle and push that some bitch through like seven different layers. it out for you. I wonder the, the thing that uh, sorts them all into trays and all that. I'm like, that's too much. I ain't gonna slice shit else. <laughs> Do you, even like, you, you even like tomatoes all like that? Like, I don't picture you as like a tomato guy. Yeah, I put on my sandwich, but it's too much effort sometimes. So I felt, I felt a little razzle dazzle this week. <laughs> chefing up the chefing up the, the BLTs in the kitchen. Yeah. There you go. There ain't nothing wrong with that. There ain't nothing wrong with that. So um and then you know, speaking of, of being obsessed with slicing perfect tomato slices, um I can see you having that that inclination if you buy some purple Urkel cannabis. You guys see this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have that for my snack this week. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's so, your snack? <laughs> so Steve Urkel, for those of you that aren't aware, Steve Urkel from Family Matters, actor Jaleel White, launches purple Urkel cannabis brand with 710 labs. Congratulations to Urkel out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, listen, a career after hey. Family Matters. I, I mean, the last purple I had was some purple haze, and that was like top of the line. Now that's like Reggie these days. These kids got <laughs> their strands on strands on strands that I don't even know exist. They got, you know, Gorilla, King Kong. They got all types of different stuff. He's coming out with purple Urkel. Yo, as long as it makes me step on and not Urkel, I'm sm- I'll, I'll try it out. I'll try it out. I'll try it out. We'll try it out. Oh, and, the, and if you see the the picture of him in the in the article, <laughs> like the way he's posed, like step on the way he's posed up. I don't know. I don't know if you can actually see how he's posed up. Yeah, and just got mm-hmm. the brim on with the with, with the logo <laughs> with the merch shirt on. Get ready to do it right. Hey, do this thing. <laughs> Kudos to him. I'm I'm all for it. Let's go. There's some purple Urkel on the shelves. Let's go. <laughs> Have me out here slicing slicing <laughs> kiwis at three in the morning trying to get them perfect. <laughs> Jason might have a slicer you can borrow. Yeah, thinking it's a tomato. Yeah, thinking it's a tomato. Am I getting hacked by the NWO right now? What's <laughs> 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 good? Everybody's we good? We good? Yeah. Going on? Anything, mm-hmm. anything new with anybody this week? Nah. No, no, just, no. Uh, man, just uh, catching up on rest from uh, what? <laughs> Seem like the 100 days of wrestling. Yeah, we had long. Thanks for thanks everybody that tuned in to, to the first anniversary edition of the Podomania week. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in, showing out, showing up. You know, old marks, new marks, tall marks, skinny marks. We we, we love you all. Thanks for showing up, showing out. Um, first anniversary. Are you already on that purple or Let's go. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, yeah, no, it was a long, long week. We'll get we'll get into that with bell to bell stuff. Yeah. Um, so not to not to dive off on a, on a different subject here, but so this morning I get up, you know, sleeping a little bit, wake up, you know, doing some stuff, getting ready to come down, start potting, and I go to make some coffee, and uh, I bought a a bag of Tim Hortons fresh vanilla coffee grinds, right? 
And for the Keurig, I found they got the reusable container that you can just put the fresh grinds in now. It's not just all the, the pods, right? And, man, I tell you what, Canadians know how to do coffee, right? That Tim Hortons French Vanilla, that is like, oh, man. It's yeah, amazing. Like Tim coffee. Oh, I, I felt like I was the star. And I don't want to say a Folgers commercial because I'm mixing brands here, but I was like, oh. When that smell hit me, I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Let's go. We're ready. <laughs> they started right there. Oh. All right, let's get into the normal shits and giggles for the for the intro if nobody else got anything going on. Donald, you want to kick us off with gaming news? I know you said you got a bunch of stuff going on this week in that world. I didn't see anything. I haven't I I was <laughs> You know, follow, I was in a wrestling bubble for a week there, so mm-hmm. I was oblivious to some other stuff going on. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of gaming news. Uh, actually, I didn't know what was going on in sports because there was so much gaming. Uh, so for starters, Hideo Kojima, the creator of uh, Metal Gear, he's actually in talks with Microsoft and Xbox of bringing his new game to that system. He's normally, like he normally does uh, Sony you know, exclusives. But he said he felt slighted from PlayStation, say uh, PlayStation saying that Death Stranding. Mm. Wasn't that good. Uh-oh. So he's so he might be going to the other brand. Um, also, Microsoft is rumored to be in talks with Nintendo on possibly bringing the Xbox um, Game Pass to the Switch. That would be a major game changer in the gaming industry. Um, the so biggest Xbox news and, and Switch could be you could use the same stuff. You could you, know, you could use the Gaming Pass, which will be the Xbox games on the Switch. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's rumored, rumored, but I see a lot of people talking about that. So we'll see. Um, the biggest news was for the PlayStation Three since they're shut down the stores. Everybody's downloading like as much as they can before that. But what I didn't know was um, the every system has an internal battery, and if these batteries run out, they won't be hooked up to the servers in Sony. So that means you won't be able to play your digital games at all. For PS3, you won't be able to play your digital games, but you could play your physical copies. But if your battery dies in the PS4, your PS4 won't be able to play physical copies or digital copies. Your system will definitely become a brick. So there is no, so the system will be like nothing. It'll just sit there as decor, unless you know how to change the batteries out, which so, is like so a lot of like, solder. So it's like it's like the Iron Man core. You got to keep. You got to you got to figure out the the way to unlock it so it just runs continuously. You got to turn mm-hmm. to start that bitch. Yep. And then they said that you could possibly hack it. Like the servers aren't knocked down for the PS4, but there's a way that you could probably hack it and try to get back on the server. But that's messing with your warranty and this and that, and it's a it, it's a lot of things. So you, that's a you big. Spend, you spend all this money on the console itself, controllers, spending you know ninety to a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars on games because you buy the you buy the copy, then you buy the digital copy, then you buy the extra maps and whatever else is on. So you're talking all this money, and then the battery cops out on you, and you you ain't got shit. Is what you're saying? Does you know how to fix it itself? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> very, very shocked a lot of people this week when they heard that. 
because I knew nothing mm -hmm. about it. And this is like the third generation going on it. Knew nothing about mm -hmm. it. It's like the internal yeah. clock that hooks up to the servers. Give me the Nintendo that I plug into the wall and I'm blowing it gets <laughs> pop that bitch back in. <laughs> like that's all I need. Don't I don't need all this it didn't save yeah. your game for shit though. <laughs> it yeah. It don't matter. You can still go play it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can still uh, play it. Don't matter. And uh the last two things. Um there's all kind of bundles out for the Xbox Series X and the uh the PS5. And I see a lot of stores are doing bundles now to to phase the scalpers away because the scalpers won't buy the bundles because they can't make profit off the accessories that come with the bundles. So you see that GameStop is doing a lot of bundles. They're not selling the uh, they're they're not selling the video game system separately. They're always selling it with like the system, two games, like three accessories for like eight hundred thirty five dollars. So we could try to get the scalpers away from buying up all the systems, but still places like Target and Walmart they're still selling the system by themselves and the bots are just chewing everything up for that as in the walmart thing a couple of days ago when the pages was crashing because there were so many bots buying up the systems it was unreal yep it didn't it did like also too in the rural communities they couldn't get them to ship it to their uh place because they only had like one post office or like one ups driver doing that they could buy other stuff from like best buy like a thumb drive or a computer and get a sense of them, but they can't get an Xbox or a PlayStation sent to them, which is crazy. <laughs> and then the final thing is uh, the Resident Evil showcase was over, uh, was on Thursday and uh, they showed a new trailer for the game, actual gameplay for the game. And they announced the demos. Uh, if you're a PlayStation user, you get early access to the demos. Uh, one will be today. Uh, it's only a 30 minute demo, so you only got 30 minutes to play the demo before it cuts off. And it's and it's from eight tonight till four in the morning. So forcing you to play at night and not in the day so you keep the spooks in you and everything. Then the next part of the demo will be released next Saturday. That will be the castle part. This uh, Tonight's the village. Next week is the castle part. Again, it's only a 30 minute demo and it's at eight at night till four in the morning again and then on may 1st the demo will be released to everybody so that'll be like the xbox and all that stuff for everybody to play and the game officially comes out um may 7th and that's all for the gaming mm -hmm. yeah i think I, i'm looking forward to resident evil mm -hmm. well, i'll be that franchise has been around forever. So twenty-five years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you say, May seventh? May seventh is when the game actually comes out. Okay, so we won't see you for like a month after that. <laughs> <laughs> we know where to find you. Though. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know where to find me at. You do. I'll be um, here. Mm -hmm. uh, any anything else? I got a couple snack things for the for the snack king down there, Jason in the corner. I see you smacking on Twizzlers already. Um, Found some, found some stuff this week you might be interested in as you, you make yeah, your way. Uh, good. Confetti Pop-Tarts? Good. Uh, I'll pass on that. <laughs> Pop-Tarts Pop be coming up some with some wild flavors. You think that – you think – hey, they're on, the, they're on the purple Urkel with some of them flavors <laughs> they be coming up with, man. Like, you have to lemonade out right now. Yeah, no, I can't do that yeah, now. I did try that. I tried the chocolate fudge ones. Those were pretty bomb. Do uh, you two your pop tarts? 
No, I don't toast my pop tarts. Absolutely, I do. What? I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I eat them both ways, but I prefer them toasted. No, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't like them toasted. That's too much work. <laughs> now, now, toast those strudels. <laughs> Coming from the guy that went on about a tomato slicer, but won't drop a pop tart into a toaster. <laughs> no, no. Now, toaster strudels, on the other hand, I'll you know I'll put them in the microwave for like. 10, 15 seconds, and then drop them in the toaster to get them, you know, nice and warm and crispy. Like I'll, I'll definitely toast toaster strudel. Um, but yeah, pop tart. I'd hope so. Those are frozen. Well, no, but some people just cook them in the microwave and just eat them out the microwave, and they don't bother toasting them. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> that toaster is long as shit. I don't, I don't know what the settings on, but that's what the settings are for. Hey, one to two and to three. That's that's too much. Let's say put them in a microwave and press a button. It's the same. You know what the Do you know what the settings on the bottom of a toaster actually are? What the numbers actually are? It's the minutes, right? It's the minutes. Yeah. Okay. Some people people got no clue, and then you tell them, and they're like, "What? Like it's the most mind blowing thing ever." It's like, what's only what 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 takes a minute other than light skin toast? What takes um, more than or everything else takes more than a minute, and that's pretty damn long. I'm not waiting three minutes for a pop tart. I don't put my pop tarts on for three minutes. Would you put them on? Not one. I, I put them on a minute and a half. Right between ah, the that's too much time. <laughs> I had a toaster that actually had a pop tart setting on it. So you just turned it to pop tart, and so you're 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 a bougie factory. Yeah, but speaking of snacks, so a couple of things that I saw, Jay, for you, um, nerds come out came out with gummy clusters. So essentially, they're um, they're just a poppable version of the nerds rope. I never oh, had the nerds nice. rope. Um, mm-hmm. But there's that. Um, Skittles got now Skittles gummies. Um, so they got the, the original, the original, and the wildberry are what they got for Skittles gummies now. And then Captain Crunch came out with Captain Crunch treats. So it's Captain Crunch version of a Rice Krispie treat. Uh, they got the peanut, the peanut butter crunch, and then the crunch berries with just the berries. I don't know if one though. Crunchberry. Ooh. Yeah, the crunchberry. I'll, I'll shut your mouth. <laughs> what the hell? With no liquid. No, the marshmallow. The marshmallow. No lubrication. You. Just fucking. Goes. It's late. Pop and go. That, that, hey, that goes back to, 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 to making them to making them charitable donations. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> that's all I had on the snack front for you, Jay. And then um, I got a couple. You got a couple? All right, go ahead. What you got? I got uh, General Mills. They they announced five new cereals this week. Uh, Dulce de Leche Toast Crunch, so basically caramel uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Apple cinnamon checks. Uh, Galactic Lucky Charms, which are just like uh, space marshmallows. Uh, Cheerios has an almond cereal coming out. And then 
there's going to be a Ghostbusters cereal uh, coming out for the movie. And it kind of looks like Captain Crunch balls with uh, marshmallow pieces. Are they green? Uh, the the Captain Crunch parts are red, and then it's like uh, blue and white marshmallows. No green? No At green. all? You can't leave Slimer out of Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then the one that I really, that kind of caught my mind, um, it's not available here yet in the U.S., um, but Wendy's in Canada released a strawberry Frosty. See, I told you, Canadians you do shit better. Mm-hmm. I told you that. <laughs> so not it sure if it'll ever good. make it here or not, but. But I read they only have one brand of Captain Crunch. <laughs> I don't need Captain Crunch. So. <laughs> do you do you do you dip your fries in the frosty? No, I don't know. Oh, you're not living life. You got to dip your fries in the frosty, man. Nah, I remember. I tried uh, it, but no, I remember the one time me and my ex we went out to Wendy's the one time just to get something to eat, and she did that, and I was like. And you broke up with her. That's why she's your ex. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, I was like, "What are you doing?" That's like disrespecting both of them at the same time. Yeah, I was like, "I bring you here for a five for five, and you want to dip your fries in a frosty? We're done. <laughs> got time for this, man? Ooh. Don't splurge it on the five for five. <laughs> uh, he got all that gold around his shoulder now. He can splurge whatever he wants." <laughs> Uh, TV series wise, movies wise, um, Mortal Kombat comes out this Friday, twenty third on HBO Max. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll definitely be definitely be tuning in to watch that. Um, I saw that. So I came across this. I think it was last weekend. I was uh, on Pluto TV and came across American Gladiators channel. So he just mm-hmm. played American Gladiator mm-hmm. nonstop. It was I was awesome. Like. Felt like I was a kid again. Well, it was great. There's a there's an American Gladiators documentary coming to ESPN. <laughs> so, if you watch the thirty for thirties that ESPN does um, with how good those are, I think this is going to be this is going to be really good. Oh yeah, go ahead and break Definitely. down the dark side. Right <laughs> <30 laughs> no, it's no the surface. Uh, <laughs> it just it just says that it's a. Uh, it just says that it's a documentary, not a not a not specifically a the part of the thirty for thirty series. Maybe like an E sixty thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um it'll talk about the you know, the original series that ran from um I think it was eighty nine to ninety six and then the reboot um that came out. You know, with <laughs> with Hogan and, and uh, Layla Ali. Of course. Um, <laughs> the man is in everything. Sounds like we'll get a return of Mike Adamly. <laughs> yeah, so, so there was that that caught my eye. So I'm looking forward to tuning in and seeing that. Um, and then I know if we're not going to talk about. It, we're not going to go into spoilers here because we don't. We're not that type of show. But Falcon and Winter Soldier, episode five was yesterday. Uh, six episodes, episode five yesterday. Man, you want to talk about deep and just. Being so on point for the for the times, um, socially speaking, it is, you know, people people not comics because it's like, oh, that's kid stuff. But if you actually read comics and follow comics, they tackle a lot of the issues that we see going on now and that have been prevalent throughout, you know, the last 40, 50 years. Um, and they get into that stuff. So last night's episode. Man, that, they that got scene, it 
that scene, uh, I want to go back and rewatch it just for that scene when, when with, with Falcon and, and Isaiah. Um, it really, really just like hammer hammers it home to the point where if you don't get it, then you're not going to get it. Um, really, really good. Really good. So don't know what they're going to do for episode six. It, you know, it's going to be crazy. Um, definitely, definitely filmed it like a like a long movie, just chopped up into episodes. You, if you oh, were yeah. to put this together, you could see this being a movie on the big screen for sure. Um, Did you really check good. Uh, Easter egg for on your left? Yep. You did. Yep. Yep. Him running around the house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Was this no. the first episode that had the after credit scene too? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, really good, really good stuff. Um, if you haven't watched it, you can get caught up on it. Um, we'll we'll go into it in a couple weeks here, um, breaking it down kind of the same way we did with WandaVision, giving us a week or two to get settled in, um, finish up, and then we'll 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 get into it. Um, but hey, if they, if this is the content that the Marvel t- series are going to give me on Divi, on Disney Plus. With the way they've done Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision, like I'm sold. Uh, you can give me this. No, I don't even need to go to the theaters to see Marvel movies anymore because that's how good these series have been. Mm-hmm. So, like, kudos to the writers. Kudos to everybody. Um, it's definitely, definitely well worth the time. Um, so, but that's all. That's all I got. Any anybody got anything else intro wise? Did you see the uh, Bounty Gate movie? Adam Sandler is going to be playing Sean Payton? Uh, Kevin James. Kevin James? Mm-hmm. Yeah, King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. is Adam Sandler directing it? I'm not sure. Sandler's involved in some way. They were talking He's about this on, on 90, I think it was on 93.7 The Fan this week. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about this where, so it's not, it doesn't, so it's about what Sean Payton did while he was suspended for the year mm-hmm. that he got okay. suspended for when Bonnie Gate happened. Hey, he went back and coached like a uh, high school team or or a middle school team or something like that. So it's going to be surrounding that, not dealing with actual Bonnie Gate itself. So it's going to be a comedy. I don't think it'll be a comedy. <laughs> um, Dang it. Yeah, <laughs> for those of you that are looking like for like a movie surrounding Bonnie Gate, that's not what this is involved. Mm. And it's gonna it's gonna look at what he did while he was suspended from the from the league for that year. So, all right, everybody else, good. We we ready to get into the to the regular segments of the show this week? Before we go into Bell to Bell, I have a question. So yeah. my brother sent me a clip of Nikolai Volkov. Where he says, uh, "I was just built from Russia. I didn't. I wasn't born there." Turns out he's from Minneapolis. Uh, what was your biggest surprise in build from, or is actually from, in wrestling? And that's what we call a tease. So now we'll drop the ball and so get into that. Look at you being professional, ready to Look at that. Look at game up this morning, boy. Crazy, we were getting into it today. Let's go. All yeah, so right. he, he texted me, my childhood is all a lie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because he doesn't um, watch wrestling now. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he bags on people watching wrestling. But so for those that just tune in for Bell to Bell, we ask the question again. Uh, who was your biggest surprise in wrestling? Like where they're built from and where they're actually from in the wrestling uh, industry? And this came up because your brother sent you sent you a message saying that he found out that Nikolai Volkov was only from Minneapolis. Was Not from me. Minneapolis, Minnesota, and he wasn't actually Russian. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember when, like, I'm trying to remember when, like, the first time was that, like, I got it as far as like, oh, that's you know, that's him playing a character and not like him being it. And I, I can't remember. I think Yokozuna for me, honestly, like that's the biggest. Or for me, I mean, I think Yoko because I thought Yoko was straight Japanese, everything yeah. like, like, like I didn't know anything about like the Samoan heritage at that time. You know, I think it might have been Sabu. When we were when we started finding this stuff out, it was Sabu or just uh, parts unknown not being real. <laughs> but you know, you still want to believe. <laughs> Definitely for me, I think uh, Yoko was probably the biggest shock. Like you, you told me, he's Samoan, not Japanese. Like, Definitely. but yeah, I agree. Whatever. I think with with Yoko, I was just shocked. You know, because that was like one of those things where it kind of like broke down. You know, like the whole mystique of it a little bit more for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, I mean, I, at that point, I already know, but it just broke more of it down. I think the one that pissed me off the most was Sabu. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, Bombay, Michigan. <laughs> India. Shout out to all the Indian marks yeah. out there that tune in every week. Love the show. Keep up the support. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's from New York. Who? Sabu, Sabu. He might have been born. He might be from New York now, but he's from Mich- Michigan. Yeah, I thought he was from Detroit or something and around there. Him and Rob, Dan, him and Rob Van Dam, like they they were close to each other um, from Michigan. He was yeah. actually born in New York, though. Yeah, born in New York from from Michigan. Yeah, hit you with another. Story. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just because how you guys doing. <laughs> So he was billed from Saudi Arabia, Bombay, India, and Bombay, Michigan. <laughs> Sponsored by Gordon Bombay. Uh, <laughs> or how Bombay Kofi was from uh, what? Jamaica and then Ghana, but he's really from yeah. Boston. <laughs> was he? Isn't, isn't he from Ghana, though, for real? But just lives in Boston. Um, I I believe I don't know if he was actually born in Ghana, but mm-hmm. his his family is directly from Ghana. It's mm-hmm. it's the same thing with with Apollo Cruz. So Apollo Cruz on the main roster now is playing a Nigerian <laughs> warrior with a Nigerian prince. Um, but if you if you look into Apollo's backstory of his real life. It should have been what he was doing with the character the entire time. It mm-hmm. was written in, and there was some resistance. Mike Mansuri talked about this on on the Best Wrestling Show period with him and Mark Madden this week. Um, there was resistance from higher ups in WWE that they didn't want to use his real life 
history and real life story as his character for whatever reason. Now they they're finally running with it, and you have him talking with the Nigerian accent and everything else. So I don't need the accent, but when you have individuals that come into wrestling that have that type of backstory, we talk about it all the time. Wrestling's better. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Um, you know, wrestling's better whenever you whenever you blur the lines between reality and and story. And if you have people that come into the industry with that backstory already written, it should be an easy transition easier, for them right? and, for, and for you to run with a character because it's all, you know, you have stuff already out there that you can play off of. So I am glad to see that they, that they are getting into that part of, you know, Apollo's history and that. Um, hopefully more details come out about it because I think it's something that, that will be interesting it'll make for like a good documentary series on the network or you know later on if if a and e's continuing on with their documentaries um which we'll talk about here at, towards the end of the segment but um yeah it just it's funny how you know you think people are from somewhere and you believe them because they're these characters that you see every single week but really they're they're joe schmo you know from from ranking um, shout out, Bert. Uh, <laughs> He's going to want to come on now. We don't need to you know, <laughs> We'll let Virgil on the podcast. Come on down. Let's go. All right. Where do you want to start this week? Um, obviously, last night we did a Pod and After Dark episode where we recapped WrestleMania and Fallout, uh, specifically on main roster stuff. So. We're not going to get too much in the main roster talk for WWE this week here on Bell to Bell. We covered that. Uh, go back to our YouTube page. You can watch the video from last night's episode if you want to hear all the all the discussion um, regarding WrestleMania, the fallout, and what transpired on Raw and SmackDown this past week. Um, what do you guys want to get into? You just want to jump into the the into the Tuesday Wednesday night deal now between NXT and, and AEW. Well, before we get into that, you know, we're coming off of 12 days in a row of wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling. 12 days in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Is everybody, how does everybody feel after that? I mean, so actually, actually, I'm going on today will be day 13. (laughs) ROH comes on at four o'clock today here in the Pittsburgh market. So you can watch ROH. And then tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is the first A and E documentary that they did with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That premieres tomorrow at eight o'clock. Oh, man. Um, yeah, right Monday, the trailer, and then right back into Monday and back through the week again. So, um, yeah, wrestling is definitely if if you're a fan of it. Um, here, Mark Madden made a good a good point. Less people are watching the product now. Those that are watch more of it. And that's true if that's you look true. at ratings wise. No. You know, the heights of the heights of wrestling popularity back in the attitude era with WCW and the Monday Night Wars with them and WWE, you're pulling five, six, seven million people on Monday nights tuning mm-hmm. in. Um granted, you can't really take those those numbers into consideration today because how we watch programming is different with DVRs and mobile content, web content, all that other stuff. Right. But there's way more wrestling today than there was back then, but there's the total number of people tuning in to stuff is less. So it's just 
it's more your your hardcore wrestling fans that are just mm-hmm. watching more wrestling, not attracting, you know, those fringe viewers that yeah. tune in. Um, based off of ratings for NXT on Tuesday and, and AEW on Wednesday, we, we'll get into to both of those on both shows. I saw some interesting numbers for AEW that want to talk about during Dynamite. Um, do you think NXT moving on Tuesday nights was the right move, given what they pulled as a number? I think they were over 800 this week, which no. is the highest it's been since before Dynamite premiered. Definitely the right move, I think. It, mm-hmm. You know, it just helps get more eyes on the product. Wasn't a lot more eyes, but that could come over time too. So you maybe because you just you did the announcement so quickly, maybe it's going to take a few weeks for people to remember that's on Tuesday nights. Yeah, and that, you know, I think I think we saw this week with both shows, we saw a spike in numbers. Um, NXT was up about two hundred thousand from what they normally do on a Wednesday night. AEW, based off their recent numbers, they were up, you know, four or five hundred thousand viewers um, based off of the, the recent numbers. So there's definitely a bump with it being separated out on two nights for this first week. I think both shows will will level out to a certain point. Um, but for me, ratings wise going forward, if NXT can stay around, you know, between that 750, 850. I think they'll be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And AEW got to stay around a million, a million viewers per show. Yeah. Um, this is I said that before on the pod that you know running unopposed, given the the talent and everything else being on TNT, the number of households that that are able to see AEW on a weekly basis, you got to consistently be around that million, that million viewer mark, or else you know I don't I don't think you're being successful at what you're doing that just shows you wwe fans aren't toxic <laughs> potentially potentially we'll see because i don't think i don't Maybe think other shows <laughs> but i don't i don't think aew picked up five hundred thousand wwe viewers in one week you know what i mean and it are yeah i think they because i think everybody who watches nxt show watches not everybody but because NXT NXT was doing like around six fifty average, mm-hmm. so you mean to tell me five hundred thousand out of that six fifty jumped straight over on Wednesday night and watched Dynamite because NXT was possibly. That's a that seems like a high number to me to Not jump just well, because it's separated on bet. two nights. A good bet. I mean, I'm expecting that number to drop this week just because I think everybody kind of tuned in for being the first week of them being unopposed. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, especially uh, when, there's, when there's other stuff that's going to be on on Wednesday nights, I think it'll drop. But I'm not sure else, it's going to be a drastic drop. What else is really on Wednesday nights, though? Right now, nothing. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. So if there's yeah. nothing else on. And then I like what they did with backing the show up with the the one fighting uh, championships mm-hmm. that they've yeah. played. I know they, they're doing like a four or five week bit with it. To, I don't know if it's a test run to see if it's something that they'll continue. But, um, you know, maybe you have like the, those MMA viewers that jump over to TNT early and then carry into, you know what I mean? Um, carry into the into one fighting championship. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, all right, let's get into Tuesday night. What did you guys think of uh, the fallout from TakeOver show? 
<clears throat> Crawford uh, promo was good. I've done something I expected. It seemed like a lot of the champs now these days are just like calling out like, hey, come get me. Everybody come get me. So, I mean, I'm okay with uh, like his promo. It was good. To, to me, this was the this was the the standard NXT show after a takeover whenever it was just on the network. You know, you had your recaps, you had champs coming out, you had a match or two, and that was pretty much it. Like, no real true storyline started, no real, no real big angles happened. They recapped a lot. They gave you promos and a couple matches. And that felt more like the standard format that they used to do whenever it was just on the network. You got more people calling their shot at uh, Rhea, or not Rhea, um, <clears throat> Raquel, calling their shot to be next in line. Which is good to me. The women's right. division is the best yeah. thing in NXT right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the moment with with Rhea, Raquel, and Bianca. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe if you would have promoted that a little bit more, you might have got even more viewers to tune in. But I like the surprise of it. Um, it, it felt true. It felt authentic. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it was staged, although it probably was. Um, but that was that was a that was a very cool visual to see. You know them three. I'm sure Hunter was in the back smiling because you know those are three of his girls that you know now all carry gold throughout the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that felt like like a a WrestleMania after like the week after moment. You know, it's not something that you just put on. It was probably the best like moment after WrestleMania than what Ron's week. Yeah. Was. yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, mean, I felt like yeah, I felt like the opening, you know, the the cross, and then like some of the matches afterwards start off on a slow pace, um, and then you got um, the cruiserweight match, which that surprised me. That I thought yeah, that was a decent definitely. match. Mm-hmm. Um, Kushida won the title. I really didn't see that coming. Not at all. Not at all. So, yeah. So you had him win. Then you had uh, the women come out. I'm trying to think of what what came. What was after the women? Because I like that too. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like the the second hour was better than the first hour. Then oh, we we, crawled, we, we uh, skipped over the uh, the tag match, the MSK match. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> and just so completely much. turned on MSK. Yeah. yeah. I was I was kind of shocked. Yeah, I didn't. I yeah, I was surprised on that too. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, what? MSK getting booed. And oh, I don't. I don't think I that. Yeah. I might. I, that that might have been. I told you I crashed on Tuesday, mm-hmm. so I saw Cross's <laughs> promo. I saw Cross's promo and that, and then like, I woke up and it was twenty to eleven, and I was looking around in my living room, like, where am I at? What happened? Like, <laughs> I just fell out from from being burned out on on wrestling for the week. So they got booed during their match. They yeah, got booed. You, got, you got you suck. You still suck. It was all. It was all coming out. Yeah. And which is so strange because was it piped oh, in, or was it actual like was actual? Because I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell. A lot of those people are like fan, like friends and family, and like diehard just, NXT people. Like, I t- it, like to me, I, I, I don't want to say I was going to, I missed it, but it was just like I'm sitting there watching the match, and I'm like, okay, is this? Are they booing? Like it took me, yeah. a, it took me a minute to register. Yeah, on Twitter, everybody was really surprised too that yeah. they were getting booed. Well, do you think that had to do with them being in the ring with uh, Drake and Killian because they're, they're a fan favorite? That too. 
and going over. Maybe. Take over. But are Drake and Killian that over that MSK gets the tag champions get booed because of that? I mean, they they're a huge fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you'd have put them in in the Brizango, they'd have got booed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll be interesting to keep an eye on moving mm-hmm. forward and see if that causes them to shift what they want from them or how long they keep the belts. Um, My guess is we're probably going to see a turn more than a, them taking the titles off of them. Who do you have? Yeah, who do you have? Fast, feel like? That's a that's a fast turn. <laughs> but yeah, but you just they've done it before. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, other than vets in um, who's the Fantasma. other team? They're 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 fans. I think I think the fans got a lot like them. Yeah, I mean you're hell, but I think the fans, the fans like them in the match too, yeah. like in the triple threat match. Vets and there's there's one yeah. other. Uh, I can't even think of it. I know uh, Imperium. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you saw Imperium come out. And, yeah. And, and You're not going to go over on Imperium. Killian, you know, take out Killian Dane. Um, they could have jobbed out Everest. <laughs> <laughs> the jobbers are jobbers. <laughs> they are that job tag team. And, I mean, they've been teasing this Imperium and Killian Dane story for a few weeks now, so it looks like yeah. that's going to move forward. Yeah. Where do you where do you see things going, or where would you like to see things go as far as <clears throat> contenders for? I know we don't have another takeover probably till June, right? Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah. Potentially, um, in your house was June last year, so maybe they'll run that back again this year. Um, I would like to see it go back to where we have takeover Saturday, Money in the Bank Sunday. Do like a weekend out of it instead of putting takeovers on Sunday nights like they've started to do. Mm-hmm. Have it connected to a big five. Yeah, the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but where, where would you like to see NXT go now? Because we're obviously we're in a new era, um, you know, with, with champions. Uh, it's a hard reset for everybody um, across the board. Mm-hmm. New heavyweight, new women's, new, new tag team, new cruiserweight. Um, the only title that didn't change hands right now is the North American Championship. Gargano still has that. So yeah, where do you tag tag as well? Um, but where do you see where do you see things going? Jay, I think it was you last week that said Mercedes for for Raquel, and she called her shot this yeah. week. Um, but also uh, Zoe and uh, somebody else, Frenchie, Frenchie, yeah. Frankie Monet. Frankie. 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 Yeah, Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, um, Ty caught a lot of heat this week for the name. Like, people are ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. you're attacking the woman for the name, and people were burying her, burying the name, and she, like, had to defend herself. And she came out and said, Listen, I'm the one that picked the name. Mm-hmm. They didn't pick it for me. I picked the name. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I like Monet because of this, Frankie because it's unisex. I always thought it was good. I like unisex names. Like, it's me. I'm the one that picked the name. So, like, <laughs> give me, a, like, ease up. Like, it's not them shitting on me. It, it's me coming up with the name. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the wrestling fandom that, that I just don't get. I mean, you brought up, too, last week, Steve, that you kind of felt like she should have stuck with her name. You know, like you thought that she was big enough to... I thought her name, 
yeah, her name value big enough to come in is Taya Valkyrie has built up enough coin in this industry to come in as Taya Valkyrie, but which is smart on her part. And also maybe she doesn't fully own Taya Valkyrie that, that you could go back to, to triple a um, for that, because they're, they're known to, to slap trademarks on, on names, which is why Pentagon junior is now Pento zero M you know, on, on dynamite. But, um, it's just smart. So whenever she does leave, if it doesn't work out, then she can jump right back into being tied by yeah. mm-hmm. um, the easy core cutting. Yeah. Yeah. Easy core cutting. But, you know, she's she's somebody that is going to be a bright spot in the division. Mike work is good. Character work is good. Her in ring work is fantastic. And I think, you know, as far as somebody coming straight in that will that will fit in the top of the card. There's nobody better than to come in, sign, and be put in the top of the card than her. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring that up too. I think that that's one of the the core things that when fans don't like something, you know, before you can give them a chance, that her in ring work or her mic work is going to have to speak for itself and get the fans to forget about the name. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll it might take a few it weeks, will. but I think it'll get there. It'll, it'll blow over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, no, she. I listen. I love Taya. Um, I love their Lucha Underground. Like I said, Triple A. Her work in Impact was fantastic. Longest reigning women's champion Impact history. Um, she will be fine in NXT. Like, mm-hmm. relax on the name. She'll be fine. Yeah. For Cross, I don't know who will go up against them because it seems like they're going to keep continuing with uh Cole and O'Reilly from the way that. You know, yeah, that, that recap was kind of like yeah, 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 that video feed going to the hospital was playing out. Yeah. hmm Yeah, playing off of the 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 Rocky uh Rocky Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Rocky and Apollo. They're, they're both getting wheeled into the hospital. <laughs> like this uh, ain't over with yet. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Apollo, yeah. But um no, nah, I mean since there's know. nothing planned yet, like for like another takeover, I mean, you don't really need a tournament or something. It's just gonna be someone needs to step up to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's gonna be time. I wouldn't mind seeing Pete Dunn if he's gonna run with his best technical wrestler gimmick and run through people. Um, Interesting. Him and him and Cross, I think, will would would be good together. Um, Dunn works well with larger guys. You saw the mm-hmm. match he had with Walter. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that go. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't expect to to get the picture anytime soon. Is all yeah. is all I'm saying with this question because mm-hmm. you have plenty of time to enjoy it, sit back, yeah. kind of take the stories as they unfold, um, mm-hmm. and, and let them chart the next course towards the next takeover. So, anything else from from NXT that you guys that caught your eye you want to get into? Um, Cheeseburger Junior. <laughs> Look, I didn't care for Rough, and I hated Swerve coming in. Just his whole his whole gimmick in the ring. I liked him. His gimmick, I hated. But these two, you can give me a couple more matches with these two. Hey, looks like you're gonna get that too. Stop. Listen, they they work great in the ring together. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, they pulled Swerve? off that top hurricane off the top rope. <laughs> Then uh, Swerve's finisher at the end, I was like, man, this is, that's a good finisher. Yeah. 
Swerve is a main event player. He is. Yeah, plain and simple. Absolutely. There's no other characterization for him other than main event player. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at least, MLW, he, at least after this is over, he needs to jump into the North American. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Move up the card quickly because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he's, somebody, he's somebody that you can set on a run, you know, mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. resetting this stuff. He was MLW champ. I was just going to um, say that too. Yeah, great work in MLW. His work in Lucha Underground, his kill shot was fantastic. That's where I first saw him. Um, and he was under a mask there, so you didn't even know it was him. Um, and unless you, you know, follow the tea leaves and read up on stuff. But um, yeah, just he's the main event guy, plain and simple. So but yeah, him and Ruff, give me a couple more matches of this. Don't carry it on too long. Yeah, it's on a good pace now. It's Mm -hmm. in a it's in a good spot, but don't don't beat it to death like they do on the main roster, which NXT really doesn't do. No, that at all. I I don't want to see it go to the next takeover. I'd like to see it wrap up before that. But you know, Mm -hmm. I think we can. I mean, Leon Ruff coming out giving like that edgier side now too. That's Mm going to help for the next match. And him. Because he came in as that the straight shock and all one two three kid mm. baby face that wins the title, yeah. you know that that beats Razor Ramon and wins the ten thousand dollars, and it's like, <laughs> I I get it, you know what I mean? And then you know you you see him starting to evolve as well, so yeah. um, starting to look past his size. Yeah, you're exactly you're starting yeah. to get past the size factor, mm-hmm. just looking at him as an in ring competitor, which is that's kudos to him. The, Job well done to get me to forget about how small you are in the ring. Yeah. You're, you're, the main uh, event. Indy Hartwell is hilarious. <laughs> there may oh, be no more entertaining thing <laughs> in pro wrestling than the way. <laughs> Those four together are just oh, man. amazing. Yeah. Her looking over the shoulder, smiling, and yeah. thumbs up. <laughs> I instantly, and I hope they did this, this I instantly got Squints in Sandlot when he's getting knocked <laughs> about by Wendy Pepperkorn. Yeah, just there with the big cheese and, and, and then plans to kiss on her. Like I instantly got that 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 correlation between those two moments. But she posted yeah, a picture of uh, Kane and AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Oh, uh, so good, so damn yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Definitely unexpected. I didn't ex- expect any like. Uh, entertainment coming out of that type mm-hmm. of match, either. So, Jason, what'd you say? Said that she's like a Billy Kay down at NXT. Yeah, Billy Kay, yeah. that can wrestle a little better. I like how they, I like how the ladies mixed it up with the guys a little bit in that match. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I know, you know, people, you know, shit hits the fan when you talk about intergender wrestling, but yeah, I yeah. think for, for that match and the spots that they did, I think it worked out perfectly. Um, yeah. Candy. <laughs> Candy's jumping off the top rope and just bouncing off of Bronson Reed was just like <laughs> again, it's just one of those things where you're entertained and it's just mm-hmm. the, the way cannot miss no. with what they do. No. Yeah. They're they're it, hitting on it, all it, cylinders. It. Even on Twitter, they're hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> uh, I forget who the reporter was in NXT, but she tweeted out um a text message combo um with Indy like so hey, you finally got your man spill the tea, and there was this big long paragraph response back, and it was like, "How dare you ask this question? I'll never talk." Yada yada yada. This and that. Go throw your phone in a lake. 
This and that. And, and the reporter on it back was like, uh, Johnny, I know this is you. <laughs> and then, but what made it even best was Gargano replied to the to the tweet and said, "Obviously, you didn't throw your phone in a lake yet." They're <laughs> <laughs> carrying it you know, on social media and they're living the gimmick, which is just you know, I mean, it's that's it's, one thing NXT does well is carry stuff over to social media. Mm. <laughs> just hilarious. Yeah. All right, so. Tuesday night move good for good for NXT we mm-hmm. think yes mm-hmm. yeah hey after all these years Triple H is actually working Tuesday night let's jump over to Dynamite this week um, huge rating big yeah. huge number for them running unopposed uh, the average is one point two nine the largest. Segment by segment breakdown was uh, the ending of Jericho and Dax drew 1.35 million. Um, but the demo god, the demo god. But they, they, if you look at these numbers, Q1 through Q8, so segment one through segment eight, they went 1. 1.19, 1.22, 1.19, 1.17, 1.35, 1.24, 1.17, 1.20. So they stayed consistent the entire show, um, and it was a it was a hell of a it was a hell of a card. I mean they they loaded up the the card itself for for Wednesday night. Um, great matches. I I, <laughs> I tweeted out oh, that the Young Bucks turn heel and they take up thirty five minutes of the show um, because they. But that tag team match, even though it, it went it, it went a solid thirty minutes TV time, which is crazy. Um, it was I was into the the whole thirty minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson can just come out and wrestle each other every week, and, <laughs> and I'll tune in because them two in the ring together are insane. I mean, all four of them can go, so you knew it was going to be something to, worth watching. Pack needs a push. Phoenix needs a push. I like Pack and. <laughs> I know the Lucha Bros are great together, right? Mm-hmm. They're, obviously, they're they they are real life brothers, and they're fantastic together. But something about Pac's just utter nastiness and hit you know he's called the bastard for a reason, but just him with with his uh, intensity, it just adds something. It adds a different dynamic to the group. Penta's Penta and Phoenix are different together, and Pac and Phoenix are different together. And you know, I don't want to say off of one match that I like Pac and Phoenix more as a team, but I'll take them as a team just as just as much as uh, Pentagon and, and Phoenix together. Mm-hmm. The only thing about the match that I that I didn't necessarily care for, and this is just nitpicking, is that so the Young Bucks turn full heel, right? They're mm-hmm. going back. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna show us their true selves and 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 be the 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 cocky brash bunch that you know went around strapped in gold um from everywhere around the world. But you didn't wrestle any different. Your moveset didn't change. It's the, only thing, the only thing yeah. that the only thing that changed was was you had a you had some different 
different body language and you played more to the camera with shit talking is the only thing that changed. So it's like that goes back to my characterization before where it was like, oh, you were teenagers just searching to find your way. And now all of a sudden you found yourselves and it's like, great, but you didn't really change. You were the same people the entire time. The only thing was you cut tassels off your tights and you added fur. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you got bell bottoms. You went from mm-hmm. straight legs to bell bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. the way they've been everywhere. You know, when they're Bullet Club, Ring of Honor, you know, whatever, they it's always the same formula for them. It's just attitudes different. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you like the way they opened the show? It was different. That's what, I like that because it was different. I like the explanation from them given the given the promo. I like that. I wish they wouldn't have jumped from that into the Tyson MJF and then the match. I think it would have been smoother if you just have the Bucks intro and go into the match. Because okay. they did the Bucks, they did the Bucks promo, then they did the MJF promo, then they ran down the card and then the match. And to me, it would have been the smoother open if you just would have went promo to match because that would have been your lead in into the match. And then after the match, you could have cut to MJF and Tyson and give the rundown for the card. I think they were just trying something different because usually they go right into the first match just to hook you, just so you stay on their channel instead of going to USA. So I think kudos to them for trying something different for a change. Agree with that for sure. Um, So, yeah, so you had that that match to kick off the night. Um, Hey, listen. Mike Tyson was fantastic on this show. I thought he was good in everything they asked him to do. Mm-hmm. But MJF in the beginning, you know, ripping up the check, chewing it in and spitting it at him. Um, the backstage, you know, promo with, with Jericho and, and him saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to call it down the line. I'm going to be fair. You know, you can get knocked out too. Um, you know, and then outside being the enforcer, that punch he laid on Cash, like, that's how you sell getting hit by Mike Tyson. <laughs> like, like, Cash, <laughs> yeah, like, my cousin texts me, my cousin texts me, and he goes, did he really punch him? And I said, <laughs> ah, that's the beauty of pro wrestling, buddy. Because you don't really know if you really <laughs> and that was the beauty of it. He sold it to the point where you weren't able to tell, Yo, did he really catch him with a right? And like knocked him silly, or is this you know pro wrestling? And he just took the punch that well. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I I'm good with with what they did with Tyson. Um, you know, Jay, I think it was you last week, or some somebody on here. It might not have been you, Jay, but um, planted the. Uh, it might have been me. I don't know. I'm a dumb mark. I can't remember. Uh, the turn. The turn. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, okay, I could see them if they're going to go that route. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I can see the seeds being planted, yeah. interacting with MJF. You know, you get the turn, and then Jericho and Tyson at double or nothing. Um, so, yeah, I'll, kudos to them all around for everything they did with Tyson this week. Didn't you know, mind it. Typical celebrity no. stuff, yeah. So. I don't know how often he's going to be around, you know, leading up to double or nothing, but. Uh, expecting him to be for there for blood and guts in a couple of weeks. So, you know, if if that's the payoff, but I at least expect 
him would, be the enforcer for that. What do you think of the debut of the governor, Anthony Agogo? The solid punch to the oblique, <laughs> and yeah. that's it. Liver punch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People were destroying it on Twitter as as I was live tweeting the show. I didn't mind that. And I responded back. I'm like, he's an Olympian gold medalist, professional yeah. boxer. Mm-hmm. If he hits you with a liver shot, you're going to go down. Mm-hmm. Like, you see people get KO'd in boxing matches. Roy from Jones that. Jr. has how many knockouts from body shots? Mm-hmm. Like, it happens. So, if, if that's what they're going to use to start him out with I'm okay, I'm okay. okay with I'm okay with that you know ride it until until you until you decide that he's ready to add you know some some different stuff into the repertoire I'm I'm yeah. fine with that the one thing I would have done is I don't think if I was the re- I don't think I would have called it as as soon as I did yeah like he went down and it was like it was like a UFC fight like the ref stepped in right away and waved it off and to me it was like I would have let it I would have let it go on for a little bit longer before I uh, I stopped the match. The guy was selling it. He was absolutely. Yeah, he was selling it. That was uh, IWC's own Cole Carter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and then QT with the Tony Soprano bowling shirt look, like <laughs> can't be out there. Can't be out there looking like John Goodman from from Kingpin, bro. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it, man. Can't have it happen. <laughs> but so yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see where they go with the with the factory bit. Um, what else? Brits promo again with the rankings. DMD boy. <laughs> she cannot move up to number. Moved up to number two. So she cannot yeah. miss right now. Britt Brit is in the zone with everything that she's doing, so it's it's gotta lead to double or nothing. If they don't if they don't do this at double or nothing, they're they're dropping the vote on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She tweeted out to Tony Khan. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Um, she goes, uh, "Oh, number one selling and number two selling T-shirt on pro wrestling tees." But I have to go through some wins and losses to get a shot. <laughs> I, 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 she, she said what she's going to be on. I don't remember if she said it was going to be elevation or just regular dark this week. But she'll be wrestling on one of those too. So <laughs> try to bump up the numbers. Just good, great job for her. Um, what else from the show? Christian Cage. Would you guys think of Cage's segment with with Team Taz? Mm-hmm. Didn't love it, you know. Just I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily the right the right spot for him right now. But Team Taz has that you know that whole internal drama going on right now. That I don't know if you need to bring in another person into that mix. I know if this is gonna be if this is gonna be where Brian Cage leaves Team Taz. Through this working with Christian and Ricky Starks get gets elevated up, I'm fine with Christian interacting with it. But if Christian is just going to run through Team Taz, um, he 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 faces Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs this coming Wednesday. Um, but if Christian is just going to run through Team Taz and beat everybody in Team Taz, then there's no point in even having Team Taz. Mm-hmm. 
No. You can't have them lose every feud they're in. So they just got out of that long storyline with Darby and Sting where they came out, you know, lost that. Um, at some point, you got to shake things up and either put them over um, or, you know, do something where Cage leaves and goes on his own and Starks gets elevated up to be the main guy of the group. Yeah. I think Starks is going to get that main event spot at some point sooner rather than later. But I'd rather not see Cage leave the group just yet. I think it's too soon. Like, I'd rather see him. Let let them have a, a match or something to kind of settle their shit. You know, let them have a street fight or whatever they got to do to just be like, okay, cool. Like, we're good now. You know, we, we blew off whatever the steam was. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he can go on his own. He needs the he needs Taz or somebody to be his mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, what else on the show? The, so the main event. Let's get into the main event. Because this, this is where I think AEW hurts themselves. Yeah. And, it, and you see it throughout the show. You see it throughout the shows. The multi-man running and interference. Way too much. It's way, way too much. much. Way too much. And you did not need that for this match. Mm-hmm. You took away from the match. Mm-hmm. I was so confused at one point, I forgot that I was even watching <laughs> a title match. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have 15 other guys out there. <laughs> and then you're interjecting, like, Sting and Lance Archer, Archer again. throughout the match. And, like, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... That's the formula. You don't need that, especially with Darby and Matt. And if you were worried about them not being able to fill the 20 minutes that they got to end the show, then have other stuff run long. Mm-hmm. So that the match, you know, goes the the eight to ten to twelve minutes and you get the full match in that time frame. I like the match that Darby and Matt had. If you take out the running and all the other people involved. I honestly, I honestly forgot that they were even fighting because yeah. there were so many people. And if they wasn't cutting back to those two fighting wherever they were in the ring or outside the ring, you wouldn't even thought it was a title fight. Yeah, yeah, I didn't need that. <laughs> and then like Sting tosses Darby the bat from the ring. Darby's on the ramp fighting with Matt. Sting tosses the bat to Darby. Then Sting gets out of the ring and walks up past Darby and goes through the tunnel. I was like, why did you talk him that? It made no, it made no sense at all. Just no sense. Like, none at all. I, like you said, with the Archer and Sting story, like Darby and Matt were somewhere and the hard camera was just showing Archer just running through private party, just showing Sting off, like, look at this move I can do. Yeah. Like, like enough. It I don't love. I don't love the Archer Sting story yet. Like, it doesn't interest me at all. It did. I know there's just building it up, but it then also too. Uh, I know it's Tony Schiavone and Sting, and they have that relationship and stuff. But every time Sting comes out, I don't need to hear it's Sting. You start to sound like Michael Cole. It's boss time. Yeah. Yeah. It's big dog. Like, you don't need it every time. Well, it's yeah, a surprise, I, maybe, but not. Yeah, yeah I every agree. week, every week, pulling out the classics. 
Um, I, I didn't mind Sting coming out at first because it's like, oh, it's something different for him. It's not a just an interview segment where he doesn't do anything, you know. So it's like, you know, at least it was him coming out and getting involved in something. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that it was just their typical. It's overbooked. Let, let's let's bring everybody out, have a big ass brawl, just for the sake of having a brawl, and yeah, it took away from the match. It was overbooked to the first. <laughs> It was overbooked to the point where, like I said, it, it it completely took away from the match, and you don't want, you don't ever want that to be where it it takes away from your main event. Um, mm-hmm. It's the main event for a reason, so let it play out as the main event. Um, I will tell you my my surprise and my shock and awe from the night. Um, Red Velvet and Jade went out there and had a really good match, mm-hmm. and for Jade to only be in the ring. That's her fourth time in the ring, fourth professional match. Mm-hmm. Like, if she's gonna continue to go out there and get reps and get better and better in ring, everything else from her is just scream star. Nope. Like, I saved. I forget who tweeted out. I saved it off, and I apologize um, for not giving not giving credit where it's due. But they said. Uh, if I had Jade's body, I'd go out and commit crimes and not even think twice about it. <laughs> I like both of them, Jade and Rodolo. I think they're they're both gonna have a good future. Mm-hmm. So do they settle this feud? This feud is done and over with, you guys. Yeah, I think you. Yeah, at this point, you, you got it. It got to be the end of it. Um, move move on to something else. I, you know, you can't you can't have them go back to the well again. Because um, I mean, you had what Red Velvet step in with Cody a couple weeks ago, so it's like you know who knows where that's going to lead. If that's going to lead to something different now, yeah. But no, I was I was pleasantly surprised with that match. They got a lot more time than what I thought they were going to yeah. get, and they they didn't they didn't disappoint. They they had a they had a good match. Um, Statlander came back. She had a she had a short short match uh, in her return. Look like look like her normal self. I just don't get her with the best friends. Thing. Yeah, it don't make sense yeah. at all. No, it doesn't make sense. So I don't, I don't understand that at all. It was just uh, like last week. Uh, yeah, we got an alien now. Yeah, it's, no, like, just no. let her do her thing. She's yeah, better on her own. Follow. Uh. Yeah. Um, and then we we talked about this last week, and I and I brought up the point. People were bashing AEW for the number of factions that they have, and then. And that, that's how New Japan was booked. It's been booked that way for the entire time New Japan's been around. The North American audience of wrestling is just not used to that. And there was an article this week, the Young Bucks did interview, and to no one's surprise, I'll bury Horowitz myself and give myself a pat on the back for this thing. <laughs> but um, they said, listen, New Japan has been booking factions for more than 40 years and they're still around. That sounds awfully familiar. Um, I see the argument. I think North American fans have never seen this. This many at one time, they're used to less factions. So that's basically what I said on the show last week. So thanks, Young Bucks, for tuning in and stealing my take. Give <laughs> uh, the fans what they want. They're going to book. Factions. They're going to book. They're going to book their show how they want to book their show. No. Mm-hmm. You knew that you knew that with Kenny, the Bucks, and you know Cody, not so much, but he did some time in Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, Hangman was over in Japan. Jericho's been to Japan multiple times. 
you knew that New Japan influence would come over to them in some form or fashion with the show and how they format the show and how they yeah. run the show. Even even some angles, you you see the influence. But the factions thing, as soon as they started doing it, I'm like, well, that's, that's New Japan's blueprint and that's their footprint. That's what they took away from New Japan with how they want to run the show, which is fine. It's just going to take the audience time to get used to that being the norm yep. like it is in New Japan. Yep. But you, you, need somebody, stuff for it. you need somebody to benefit from these factions. No, again, nobody's benefiting. That's not true. Nope. No, no individuals benefiting from the faction. John Silver hasn't gotten over from being in the Dark Order? That's one. Answer the question. Ricky Starks and Team Taz. He had that coming in. I don't think he did. So he stepped on the scene. You guys fell in love with that guy. Uh, he cut out. What'd you say? You cut out there, Jay. I said, as soon as you guys stepped on the scene, y'all fell in love with that guy. I listen, I was in love with Ricky Starks from watching him in NWA. There you go. So I knew about Starks, you know, before he came in. So I was expecting big things from Starks because he finally got on a national platform to where he can mm -hmm. show off his charisma. The dude is he's walking he's walking charisma. Doesn't what? matter. You know what, what I mean? What has he done though? So here's here's what I'll here's what I'll say in in retort to you, right? You say nobody nobody's been elevated out of these factions yet. The company's not two years old, so like you, you know what I mean? Like you can't you can't expect in in a year year in, in a year and a half that they've been on TV that all of a sudden you're gonna have all these made guys from these factions. Like you, you came in with established names. You let those established names carry your show, and now, and as you move forward over these next few years, that's when you start the building process. I mean, look at Hangman. Hangman started off in the in the elite, then he left the elite, and now he's with Dark Order, potentially, maybe. Um, I think that was overcoming in. That's where that that's where I'm going back to. You have names that you have established names that have been doing majority of the work on the show. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't want to say that the factions have completely not benefited anybody. Um, and if I can sit here and think about it, I might be able to come up with a couple other names. But I think it's it's still too new as far as them being around as a company to have all these people elevated. And it depends on what you want to like, how you want to define not helping anybody. You know, you look at MJF, he started off with the Nightmare Family, then he joined the Inner Circle, and now he's headed to Pinnacle. So, like, he was he's been involved with three factions since AEW started, but he and, was that guy, he was that guy going in, but he to was a national guy going in to a national audience, people didn't know MJF so. Has MJF been helped via faction since AEW's been on TV? Hardcore wrestling fans knew of MJF. 
Mm-hmm. And we're aware of what MJF is and, and the star that he is and everything else. Like, they're aware of that. But to people that never seen MJF before, he's been helped from factions since AEW started. He's your top heel in the company right now. He's gonna be going that. against going against your most over your most over performer. He was going to be that going in. Not if he didn't. Not if he didn't take off though. I mean, there was no guarantee that the character was going to take off in AEW. And wouldn't involved in those factions. Like is M- is MJF as 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 hated as he is right now? If he wasn't involved with the Nightmare Family and turning on Cody. If he wasn't involved in the storyline with Inner Circle while he was forming his own group to be the head of it now. So, like, you know. I think he was already there after Cody. I don't know if he was to the level where he's at now after working with Cody. I think doing the thing with Cody and then getting involved with Jericho cemented him to where he's at now. I mean, to me, like future down the line, I want to see you know MJF and Hangman in a in a title feud, whether it's Hangman chasing MJF or 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 MJF being the heel going after Hangman. Like to me, that's money. Even Hangman, like you know, he was kind of pushed as a star going in, but I think he's becoming more of an established star. I think his match his his matches has have really put him over for me. You know, I wasn't all in on Hangman whenever they had him against Jericho for the title, you know, going in at the beginning of the company. But he's grown on me. I I I enjoy his matches more than I did at the beginning. You know, I don't know if it's just cons- that he's on consistently that you know he or, or what, but he's not I like his work with the Dark Order too. He is now officially what with the dark not, order? Not officially with the dark order, but I mean, that's where his character's at, you know. Yeah, but he, he's been his own so. guy the whole way through, other, yeah. than, other than the tag, you know. He yeah, might be one of the only solo guys in the business, and I definitely enjoy him more now than I did whenever he was tag champs with Kenny Omega. I Since, still, I still, I still think this run for Omega ends with Hangman beating him for the belt, I and that, that, and that's yeah. a two-year yeah. long. Storyline that they've told mm-hmm. between them two. Yeah. That's right. just me. That, that's what that's what I would like to see them do. I'd like to see them run it to all out and have Hangman beat Omega at all out, and that's your you know your your big uh, your big long arcing storyline over two years with with Hangman and, and Omega. I think you could even go longer. Like I don't even know if I take the belt off uh, Omega at all out. You know, especially we'll, since we'll, he's just starting to become the collector now. You know? Yeah, well, well, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with him next Sunday yeah. at, at Rebellion for for Impact for the Unification Belt. So, before we jump off the AEW, I just want to touch on this. I don't know if you can see this. Did you see the clip of Eva Lee and Thunder Rosa, mm-hmm. where she gets slapped and just sits there and brushes yeah. her hair out? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you could. So this is, this is that's, <laughs> it's potentially the reason why Ivelisse was let go from AEW. Mm-hmm. Budget cuts. Even though, 
even though she didn't, even though it was never one a person. <laughs> would you say, Jay? He said budget, budget cuts. cuts. <laughs> I don't even think she was. It was never announced that she was actually signed with AEW. So, um, so I saw a lot of a lot of pro wrestlers retweeting that clip out and just killing Ivelisse for destroying the business. She should never be allowed to work again. Bush League move. You don't do that, regardless of the issues you have with somebody that you're in the ring with. Eva Lise has come out and said, hey, I've been nothing but respectful the entire time I was there. I, I spoke out against some issues, and they let me go. Now, this incident with Thunder Rosa, her Thunder Rosa, Apparently, them two got a lot of history, and it goes back to Lucha Underground as well with some stuff that was pulled. Um, apparently, Thunder Rosa took some liberties with Ivelisse there and some other places they worked. Um, rumor has it is that Thunder Rosa was running down Ivelisse in the in the locker room at AEW and getting into the politics of wrestling that comes along with it. Um, and then knock on Ivelisse is she's a great performer, but... Uh, she has like the Tessa Blanchard stigma, where they're great right. in the ring, but outside of the ring, they're terrible. they're terrible to work with. I don't know what's true, what's not true. You know, anything, regardless of of all the other minutia. I like Eva Lee as a talent. I think she's a really good worker. I liked her. I loved her in Lucha Underground. Um, you know, I was super excited when she came into AEW. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought her and Diamante were great together. That was you know, somebody that you could run with as a, as a tag team for women. Um, and then, for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out. Um, but as far as what you guys saw there on that clip, um, you think she's right for getting killed the way she's been killed? For doing what she did in the ring itself? I couldn't really see it all that well. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. So it was just an eight-second clip. Basically, Thunder Rosa has her in the corner. She gives her a snap air. Eva Lee just takes the snap air, rolls over, sits down, brushes her hair out of her face, puts her hands on her knees. Thunder Rosa comes in to slap like a full Nelson on behind her, and Eva Lee just kind of dead weights her arms. And that was it. Um, I, I think uh, when you hit the ring, you just got to be professional with it. You know. Like you leave yeah. everything in the back, but when you hit the ring, just like Vince said a long time ago with Shawn Michaels, like uh, during that WrestleMania thing, like when you're in front of fans, you have to do the right thing for the fans. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, not, you're no longer yourself. You're going out there as a character. That's mm-hmm. what you're getting paid for. Mm-hmm. Right. And we saw that. We saw that, um, you know, with the Montreal screw job, Shawn and Brett hated each other. Mm-hmm. They got to fights in the locker room. <laughs> but, every time, but every time they were in the ring, they were professional, professional and they had some of the best matches that you could argue as far as best matches in the in the history of the WWE. So I agree with you. When the red light's on and you're going out there, regardless of the issues that you have with somebody, um, you can't go out there and do something like that. Yeah. It's just Edge Hardy, Sasha Bliss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In years. Yeah. And even going back in like just regular traditional sports. Hogan they were like teammates that hated each other. Like, hey, we'll leave this in the locker room, but we're on the field to win, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
right. Uh, going around, going around the horn here. Um, no pun intended uh, for for what happened outside of AEW and NXT this week in wrestling. Uh, MLW put on a really good show on Wednesday, um, stacked with tag team title matches. The big main event was uh, Hammerstone and Mil Muertes for the Never Open Heavyweight Championship match. Phenomenal match, just a brutal hoss fight between them two. I knew Hammerstone, Hammerstone picking him up at the end. Woo. Didn't see that coming. Hammerstone hitting the midnight pendulum on Mil Muertes was a sight to see because I'm yeah. I sat there the whole match and I'm like, there's no way he's going to be able yeah. to hit that move on him. Like, and Mil Muertes is a solid dude. They're both solid, solid dudes, but both. I didn't realize how big Hammerstone was until he was in the ring with Mill. Yeah, I agree. And it and his size truly came out. I'm like, yeah. holy shit! Like, yeah, he stacked I up. Knew pretty, he was big, but I didn't know he was like. Like that height wise and everything, like, mm-hmm. but they they had a great match. Um, Hammerstone me, seems to be the next guy that building up in that company. Yeah, you 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 got to put him and Jacob Fatu out yeah. there. Um, Fatu's there now, but Hammerstone's catching up to him. Hammerstone's been the only never open weight champion. He hasn't lost the belt. He's held it for over two years. Um, Middleweight, isn't it? Middleweight, but uh, yeah, no, never. Never open weights and JPW. Yeah, okay. Um, but he's never lost that belt, and Fatu's had the MLW championship for going on, I want to say, two years now. So um, they have a, they're setting up a press conference this week. Uh, Hammerstone got some stuff to say, so hopefully we this leads off to, to the, the showdown between him and Jacob Fatu for, yeah. for the MLW belt. Hammerstone, two belts. <laughs> I like Hammerstone. I I, I enjoy Hammerstone. Um, it, you know him. I love Richard Holiday. I I just get Richard Holiday to me is great. Um, just the the he's the punk rich kid that you know gets his yeah. dad involved as a lawyer to handle all his stuff. His, his my lawyer, my father. Yeah, my lawyer, my father. Uh, is how he refers to him. It's just he's just great. The whole. Consumers and breathing rarefied air. Like I just love his gimmick and his stick that he does. I, I thought after MJF left that he might get lost in the shuffle, and he's just continued on. He's been fine. He's been fine. Him and Gino Medina had a good match this week. Yeah. Um, and then Los Parks retained their retained their tag team titles. Okay, so who's the third park? Because it's been a little bit since I've watched them. It's been a few weeks since I watched them on W, and the last I knew was La Parka and his son. Who's the third? Well. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Where did um, they come in from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they've been around. Um, the other, the other nice storyline that they've been telling with MLW is with Azteca Underground and Selena De Laurenta. Um, so Selena's um, group or whatever her business that she runs was purchased by Azteca Underground mm-hmm. and is now uh has a new owner and a new boss that they keep referring to as El Jefe. And there was a tweet this yeah. week. There was a tweet this week. So uh, Azteca Underground has a Twitter account and there was a tweet from them this week with the skeleton key and the rope hanging off the skeleton key. Which for anybody that watched Lucha Underground you know that the skeleton key was 
worn by and possessed by Dario Cueto, who ran the temple in Lucha Underground. Um, the the guy that played Dario Cueto is a legitimate actor. Um, mm-hmm. I forget his real name um, from Hollywood. So he amazing, amazing actor was one of the best parts of Lucha Underground was Dario Cueto um, and that that character and the story they told with him. So there's a lot of speculation running around um, as to as to who who and what um, El Jefe is um, and who he is. But um, one of the rumors that I saw, and you might have seen this too, is that there's been talk of Lucha Underground restarting. They might be doing it, but they might be do MLW might be the one behind it now doing this with Azteca Underground. So it could be interesting if that's how it goes. Yeah. So, um, because there's rumor that MLW is gonna announce a new TV deal as well. You know that they, they've been doing that most of the pandemic, working on stuff. But you know, they, there's been rumor that over the next couple of weeks that they're going to be announcing something else. Yeah, I tweeted something out to to MLW about El, El Jefe about when are we going to see them, and I tagged MLW and Court Bauer, and <laughs> Court Bauer responded back. Long-term storytelling, brother. <laughs> Shout out to Court. Uh, Court's great for interacting with the fans. That's one thing yeah. I love about MLW. Court will Court will interact and he'll respond and and, and write back to stuff. So, um, you know, MLW. If you haven't watched it, it's been good. Um, tune in. It's a it's a quick hour watch on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can go back watch it anytime during the week. Um, but yeah, so good on them. Impact. First, first, uh, second show on Thursday night for Impact um, this week in their in their new day, same time slot, just new day. Um, they're obviously they're building up to the Rebellion card next Sunday, which is going to be a huge pay per view. Um, the main event this week was a press conference between Kenny Omega and Rich Swan. They actually had a true press conference set up with individuals um that are in the media and right work for dirt sheets and that actually zoom call in and read questions off to the guys um omega and callus no showed it in the beginning they showed up late which i thought was a great heel move um they sat down you know they asked callus got the first question and just stood up and pushed josh matthews out of the way and took over the press conference omega got up and he actually cut a really good promo. Um, I don't know if you can go back on demand and catch it or watch it, but I really enjoyed the promo that he cut on Rich Swan this week. Um, basically saying, I, you know, I was born to do this. Um, you're not on my level. You shouldn't even, you know, history, when they look back on this match, they're not even going to remember that you were a participant in it. They'll just remember it for me being the guy that, started collecting all these championships. Um, so it was done done really well. It ended in a brawl between them two on stage. So setting that up. Um, what else was on the show this week? Um, a lot of stuff was just getting ready to, to build up to Rebellion. Another match got made on the show this week. Um, Jazz lost at Hardcore Justice to Deanna Peraza. So it was... Um, it was career versus title for that match. Jazz came out to give her retirement speech. Uh, everybody came out, surrounded the ring, was was slapping the ring for her and that. Um, 
But in the meantime, before that happened, the women's tag team champions came out. Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles basically kind of ruined the, the moment and ran stuff down, and they, they got into a, a quick little altercation. Afterwards, Scott Demore made a match for Rebellion where it'll be Jordan Grace and Jazz as his final match against Tasha Steeles and Kiera Hogan for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, you got Deanna Peraza versus Tennille Dashwood for the Women's Championship, for the Knockouts Championship at Rebellion. Um, another, lot, another shot for Tennille. So. A lot of stuff going on uh, impact-wise, good storytelling. The only thing that they're going to run into that's an issue for them now, um, Eric Young tore his ACL, mm. and they're supposed to have a big uh, eight-man tag match his group, Violent by Design, him, Joe Doring, um, Diener, and Rhino were supposed to take on Willie Mack, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Chris Saban. But Eric Young tore his ACL. Um, so I don't know how they're going to, because they already had stuff taped. And this is where Impact runs into the problem of they pre taped so much yeah. that if somebody gets hurt when they when they do something, you have to figure out a way to go back and, and rewrite it. So I don't know what they're going to do or how they're going to work it out for the show um, this coming Sunday. Um, we'll do a prediction show next week uh, for that. Probably a Pot and After Dark episode on Friday. We'll give a, a prediction show, run through the card on Impact for Rebellion. But another another solid show from them this week. I've enjoyed Impact. Um, I've watched it majorly for every week. Um, since the Good Brothers came in last year at Slam Anniversary, um, they're they're good at what they're good at what they're doing. You know, need to see them get elevated more from this this crossover with AEW. Um, you know, to get some impact people on Dynamite. Um, you know, from that standpoint, but yeah. not good good work from them. You get the Good Brothers every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else from, from wrestling that you guys saw this week that you want to get into um, I did see uh, Mike Bennett and Maria Canella sign, sign full term deals with ROH so they're, they're off the board as far as free agent goes that works for them um, he believes uh, there was a so EC3 on his social media has cut a uh, free your narrative or some some type of I don't want to say gimmick but storyline. Um, it's him and, and Matt Cardona sitting in a coffee shop, shooting on each other. Like it, it was twelve minutes long. It's really good, but it set up a match between them two on Memorial Day. So I don't know where it's going to be at. Mm-hmm where it's going to be held, but um, I thought it was done really well. It was something, if you if you follow EC3 on socials, you can you can check that out. It's about 12 yeah, minutes. Memorial Day will be AEW. That'll be double or nothing. And neither one of them are. Yeah. So, I don't I don't know. Our, you know, EC3, I believe he signed full-time with ROH, and Cardona is obviously with Impact. Um, so, I don't, you know, I don't know, but, uh, did they say Double or Earth is going to be on a Saturday or Sunday? Yes. Sunday. Sunday. 
Man. But you're off Monday. I'm not. No, he's not. <laughs> That's what <we> do. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that was it. Anybody got anything else for... Uh... Oh, one last thing. Wrestling. I saw this. Conrad Thompson, the godfather of podcasting, has a new podcast. Anybody want to take this? Anybody want to take a guess with who it's with? It debuted. I, I, I saw it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Donald J. Either one of you two want to take a guess? I'll say Joel Gertner. No, that, <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. But no. Who taught you how to spell? Jay. Nothing. I don't even Mr. know who the guy is. Mrs. Welsh uh, back in uh, Schaefer taught me how to spell. Conrad, Conrad, um, he basically is the godfather of wrestling podcast, but he he co-hosts all the shows um, with with Eric Bischoff and 83, 83 Weeks, Tony Schiavone show. Bruce, he started out with Bruce Pritchard, something to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, Grilling JRs, um, which Grilling JRs this past week uh, was all about IRS. Mike Rotunda, really good episode. Go 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 check that out if you haven't already. That was a really good episode. He just started the Kurt Angle show. He just started the Kurt Angle show. Angle's podcast is really good too. That's a good listen. Um, so starting Tuesday, May fourth, Conrad um, and Jeff Jarrett Double J will start a podcast called My World. J E double F J A double R E double D. That's right. We'll cover everything from CWA, USWA, WWF, WCW, TNA, GFW, NJ, NJPW, uh, as well as current day WWE potentially. They don't, I don't know how much they'll go into current day stuff because Jeff is a producer with WWE now. Um, but yeah, so Conrad does it again. Um, Another another show for him. I, th- I believe now he could literally drop a podcast every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Because he has seven shows. Um, it's a yeah. lot. It is. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't really particularly care for Jarrett himself in the ring, but the man has done a lot in the mm-hmm. 30 years he's been in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously with his father, with the Jarrett, like, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that they can go into and delve into, and Conrad does a really good job of for each get for each co-host he has, he has a great sense of knowing what's the best way to approach the show for that person to get the most out of that person for the content that they're pointing out. So no two shows are like no two shows are formatted the same way. Um, as far as him and co-hosting. So it's a different feel. It's a different listen. It's different topics. You get into different things with each guest that they have. And, uh, you know, I'll tune into this one as well to listen to it, to, to get get the takes from Double J. Yeah. Everybody good then? Mm-hmm. Time to drink. Time to drink. Let's go. This week's episode of Drink of the Week is brought to you by alcohol, the 
solution to and cause of so many of life's problems. I need to come up with a different tagline. I was just ways <laughs> to do that today. Why do we need taglines? We're a, we're a podcast. We got to have taglines. We need we need stuff to put on merch. What are you talking just, about? Oh, by the like way, we oh, need stories. We yeah, need go over go over to our pro we're wrestling not taglines. <laughs> go over to our pro wrestling tea store prowrestlingtees.com slash dumbmarkspod with 20% off our merch right now running through uh, today the last day of the sale so, <laughs> drink um, of the week stand and deliver drink of the week is gots to goose ghost gots to ghost gots to ghost it's a fruity ghost 4.5% alcohol oh man this, this was Donald's pick. This is from Grist House, uh, which is a, a microbrewery here in Pittsburgh, PA. Um, I've been there once. We'll never go back there again. We can tell that story at a different time. It was a bachelor party. There was a microburst. I thought I was going to die. We can deep dive into all that right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so 4.5% alcohol. Don, way to, pay, way to pick a um, – I'm going to need 16 of these to get drunk. Hey, I don't drink to get drunk anymore. I just drink the drink. Socially. So there, there mm-hmm. is this can is interesting. Little little pink. Uh, got some hot air balloons on it. Um, I have no idea what to expect with this. I I don't know with a with a ghost or a goose or goss is. Um, yeah, say me either. Uh, a friend from college recommended this to me. Uh, oh, so said, we can oh, shit all over, we can shit all over their take if this isn't good, then right? <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> Don't really know if I'm liking the smell of this. Yeah, she said this is. Yeah, she said that this is her favorite from this uh, brewery. So, Grist House got the Grist House got some good stuff. Uh, you know they they do they do have some good stuff. So, all right, well, gentlemen, um, pour it up, take a sip, and then we'll we'll break it down here. It's got an interesting color to it. It's like whenever it poured out, it's kind of selling in, but it kind of looked like the can. Is that grapefruit? It's grapefruit, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't do grapefruit. A little more sugar that bang with this. No, I'm, I'm going to give that a one for me. Uh, that's terrible. It's drinkable. No, like that's... It. Oh, no. Like the after, oh, no. I'm just getting straight grapefruit. Oh, no. Uh-huh. I like grapefruit, but I don't know if I like it in... Like necessarily like that yeah. for the beer. Don't no, spin. Your taste is terrible, but it's the best I've had on this show. Uh, you're <laughs> full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a one for me. I don't have nothing else to say. We do, can, do you just not like grapefruit? or I don't like grapefruit. Okay. I was going to say, there's a Blockhouse Brewing. They have a summer break that's going to be coming out. It's seasonal every year for the summertime. It's kind of like a grapefruit shandy, like a citrus shandy. It's not bad, but if you don't like grapefruit, then yeah. No, I'll, I'll pass on grapefruit. I'll um, I don't like grapefruit either. And as soon as I drank it, it reminded me of that um, that sour, that sour beer I had. Probably, yeah. I give this a one. Also, it's it, it's not my take. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I like grapefruit, so I don't. It's not that I hate it. I like it. I just don't know if it works for this. Like I agree, it kind of has a sour taste. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's different. It's I don't know what the style of beer is. I've never had a ghost goose, whatever the hell this is. You know, I'm not not sure what that's all about, but I don't know. I'm not sure what I what I want to give this yet because I, I don't completely hate it, but it doesn't work at the same time. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll go consistent with you guys. I'll give it a one. Yeah, what do you got? I'm gonna go with a three. I like this beer. I like it. I like it a lot. Does it have no 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 trash ass aftertaste? I probably won't be smelling this in the morning. Are you sure you're not tasting Twizzlers right now? <laughs> if it had another flavor, it's 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 sour, but it's not too sour. And it's mm. drinkable. I'm gonna go to three. Yeah, no, I'll pass on this. Good recommendation, uh, Donald's friend. No, no <laughs> The heart. This is a this is a big fail, swinging a miss for me here. Um, before before we go into the into the cheers and toast for the segment this week, I saw for those of you that love and drink white claws, we won't do white claws on this show. Not that, not because I don't like them. It's just you know everybody drinks them, so there's no point in reviewing it. Like no. you know what a white claw tastes mm-hmm. like. Uh, but white claw yeah. announced. White you want claw, Redfall announced uh, that it has a new sub-brand called Surge, and it steps up the alcohol from 5% to 8%. No. So unless it actually tastes like Surge Cola. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's only one, just, yeah, there's only one Surge called, in the world. <laughs> it's just called Surge. Okay, so it's it's 8% alcohol instead of 5 Um, And the, the two flavors that they have announced right now are cranberry and blood orange. Yeah, give me alcoholic surge and then we can talk. <laughs> so that so for all you white claw drinkers, you got you got uh more alcohol coming your way for your spiked water. Um, <laughs> I'm not I drink white I, I've drank white claws before. I'm not above a white claw. I'll I will i drink I like white claws more than truly's. You have terrible taste, so well you put crystal light in beer, so you have no room to talk. you because you, I like taste. <laughs> If you like this beer that we just reviewed here, that 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 just goes to show you. Put some no crystal like this. If you put crystal light in the beer, it's not the beer you like. <laughs> the crystal light is trash. I can't believe you're mixing something with crystal light. Oh, you probably drink Kool Aid. Not anymore. When I was a kid, I drank Kool Aid. You have you haven't stepped your game up. All right. Well, this is an alcoholic segment, not a non-alcoholic segment. We'll, we'll debate the garbageness that is Crystal Light at a different point in time. So, uh, with with all that being said, uh, three ones and a three for the Gots the Goose. Uh, from the grand Chris total Thomas. of six. Well, that's a hard pass. Um, but like always, we ask that you raise your cups, bottles, cans, shot glasses, brown paper bags, red or blue solo cups. And to good ships and wood ships and ships that sail the seas, the best ships are friendships and friends will always be. So cheers. not cheers and that beer is terrible. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. This week in sports, where do we go? There was so much that came out this week. Um, I missed everything. I've been, I've been drowned out by wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to start. I'm going to bounce around here, so forgive me if I'm not sticking on one on one on one particular sport um, to go. But um, let's let's start off with the with the dumpster fire that is the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
um, earlier this week. <laughs> Joe Musgrove threw a no-hitter for the San Diego Padres. I believe we talked about it. Um, but his <laughs> performance... So the, his performance, as as well as Glassnow and Cole's performance, I said last week we ran through the lineup of what the starting <laughs> pitchers could be for the Pirates. But those, those, these, those three in particular, listen to their stat lines from last week. Musgrove threw the no-hitter, 15 innings, no earned run, 18 Ks. Glassnow, 13 innings pitched, 23 Ks, one earned run. Cole, 13 innings, 21 Ks, one earned run. All three of those should be starting for your Pittsburgh Pirates right now, and none of them are around. I was going to take a picture on PTI. They was talking about it, and his uh, his image was still the uh, <laughs> the official Pirate uh, team photo. Yeah. You could you could literally yeah, go yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> there was I, I remember a couple years ago, a couple years ago, and I want to say it was it might have been the last time Boston won the World Series, but. The, from the teams that were in the playoffs that year, you could field a starting nine and a rotation from former Pirates players that were all in the playoffs mm-hmm. and all were contributors. And it's like, what are we doing here? If Cole, Cole was great while he was here, um, you could tell he was an ace. No yeah. doubt about it. They picked Glassnow, the number one. <laughs> yeah, Glassnow had his ups and downs. He, he showed some flashes. Musgrove was just garbage. But it's like any pitcher that leaves the Pirates turns into freaking Nolan Ryan. It's like, what the hell are you doing with developing these pitchers that they leave and all of a sudden, you know, they're Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens, and Randy Johnson when they get out of here. Plus, like Charlie, he, Charlie Morton's turned into an all-star pitcher. Mm-hmm. It's like was a bum. WWE in the jobber. And then he was a bum. You leave the WWE in the jobber, and next thing you, you, you know, you come out shredded, ripped, and got a title around your waist. <laughs> Maybe it's just your uh, your work ethic changes. Uh, no, it's the organization. I bet, I bet, That's what I'm saying. Maybe I mean, maybe you you feel reinvigorated. It's that culture you're in. It could be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some hockey hockey news wise, um, Penguins still looking pretty good right now. They made a trade uh, with the Kings and got Jeff Carter. Uh, nice addition there. They gave up uh, two draft picks for him, which I believe only leaves them with like two picks in the upcoming draft next year. So, um, based on all the trades that they've made, uh, which is kind of crazy um, to only have two picks in a in a in an NHL hockey draft, but so that is. So we'll see if that if that's the move that puts them over the edge for a cup run. I don't particularly see this team as winning the Stanley Cup this year, but. You never know. It's a weird year. They get in. All you ask for is to get into the dance and then you That's see it. what happens. So, you see, I said he's gold the other day. I bring the Penguins up because there was some some news this past week with with former Penguins players. Uh, Jordan Stahl, um, congrats to him. He played on his one thousandth NHL game. Uh, he was a huge part of that 09 Cup team that won the Stanley Cup. Uh, may have had one of the biggest goals in franchise history with the shorthanded goal that he scored um, during that Stanley Cup run. So congratulations to him for playing in his thousandth game. Um, and then there was some news with Mark Andre Fleury. Um, and I'm trying to remember where I had it saved off at because I want to read it out for sure here. 
Uh, give me a second. Yeah, Chris, yeah. did you like Sid's goal the other night? I missed that. Okay. Yeah, he lost see. his he, he he lost his stick and he uh, skated to the um the bench where the equipment manager handed him a stick. He got the stick and hustled all the way down to the goal and scored a goal. That's Sid. Sid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you can just say what player did this, and then you, everybody would just be like, "That's Sid." <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't find the Mark Andre Fleury stat that I saw. Um, it was, it, was it third? He moved to third in um, total so, wins. Total wins or, or total wins? Total wins. I believe he moved to third all time. And then, like some in shutouts, like yeah. 50. Yeah, it was something in that, but it, it just it, whenever I read it, it was like, all right, did they, did they make the right choice in moving on from from the flower? Given the scene, I don't, you know, I don't know. You weren't going to be able to pay everybody, and he yeah. just happened to be the one that they chose not to pay to keep around. So, um, congratulations to him, a fan favorite. Um, I think you know, anytime he comes back to Pittsburgh, he gets cheered. Um, they may not have been the friendliest to him while he was there. It was a, it was more of a love hate relationship with him <laughs> while he was here. Um, but he, he definitely contributed to, you know, the early cups that we won uh, back whenever we had the, the young squad of him, Sid, Gino, and, and uh, Latang. And then NBA wise, uh, Jamal Murray is out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL uh, guard from the Nuggets. Uh, that's a that's a big blow for them. They they made some moves at the trade day, trade deadline, which I thought really helped bolster their team to potentially give them a run at it. They they made the Western Conference Finals last year in the bubble. Um, so you know hopes and prayers that he gets better soon. The uh, Marcus Aldridge had to retire after re-signing from the after signing with the Brooklyn Nets, I believe he played in one or two games. Um, but he had to re- retire due to uh, irregular heartbeat issues. Um, so there was a scary situation for him um, on the court on his first or second game and then went and got checked out and found out that he, he has an irregular heartbeat and can no longer continue to play in the NBA. Um, not a... a you know, good good player um, had a, had a solid career. I don't know if you were expecting more for him coming out of college when he came out um, from Texas. Uh, I know San Antonio brought him in after he left Portland as a, as a big signing, but I don't know if he ever really truly got to that level as being, you know, in the the upper tier of of the NBA itself. Um, and then I saw. Uh, May 15th for the Basketball Hall of Fame class of 2020, Michael Jordan will be the presenter for Kobe Bryant, which I think is the right call. Um, you know, more news of their of their relationship came out after the, the sudden loss of Kobe. When Kobe passed away, um, they were very close, very tight. Um, don't want to say father-son type relationship, you know, more little brother, big brother. Um, so I think having Jordan present him and Jordan Jordan spoke and, and gave a gave a eulogy that that would make any grown man cry whenever um, you know they they had the funeral services for Kobe. So I think 
right call there um, by having Jordan present him into the into the Hall of Fame class um, for for 2020 when they held that ceremony on the 15th. Um, otherwise, tonight on Fight TV, the Triller fight between Jake Paul and Ben Askren. They had weigh-ins <laughs> yesterday. Is anybody going to tune in for this fight tonight? No. no. Had enough of the polls already. <laughs> I will say this: I was I was a little shocked at the the appearance of Ben Askren at the weigh-in yesterday. Um, didn't look to be in the best shape. He kind of looked like um, uh, Marlon Wayans in Great White Hype. <laughs> a little bit of a belly there. Um, doesn't look like he took it too seriously. I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Jake Paul is actually favored in the fight, mm. <laughs> which is crazy. But we'll see there. I don't. I'm sure I'll, I'll get updates throughout the night as far as uh, who's winning that. There, I'm not going to pay to watch that though. Um, Football-wise, some news here. The Steelers re-signed Vince Williams on a one-year deal, um, adding, adding depth to the roster. Uh, was sad to see him get cut. You know, yeah, uh, 316. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a huge wrestling fan. He showed up to training camp dressed up as Stone Cold, carrying the belt, the, the whole jacket, whole nine yards. Um, so... Disappointed to see him go. Glad he re-signed. Um, again, it's just a depth move. If they get him at the right price, I'm, I'm good with that. Him and um, Alu. What's that? To him and Alu Alu back. Yeah. That was like a, well, maybe last week. <laughs> they need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, the Bills. The Bills announced that they're going to have a uh, full stadium this year for fans in the stands. With the caveat that you have to be vaccinated to get to get entry into the stadium, don't know how they're going to police that. Here comes uh, those, uh, those knock those counterfeit cards, yeah, cards. CDC cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see that. And then the 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 other big news um, NFL wise this week is the the I guess negotiation um, or collective bargaining surrounding. OTAs, mini camps, voluntary and involuntary workouts. A lot of teams announced this week through the NFLPA that um, based on the lack of protocol set up that they don't feel safe and they will not be attending in-person OTA workouts um, that are getting ready to start up this week for teams. Um, This was discussed a lot on Pat McAfee's show this week. Um, He basically said, look, Last year, uh, they had the virtual offseason that led into, like, the two-week ramp-up period in the training camp and in the season, and players absolutely loved it. He said whenever he played, he was a part of the lockout year when the, when the owners locked the, the players out, and, you know, a lot of the players, that was the, the best that they felt um, at a long time body-wise. I know Aaron Rodgers come out and said his arm never felt better than last year because he had true time to heal up and he wasn't throwing all off season and all these mini camps and OTAs and everything else. So um, we'll see what will come of this. Uh, there'll be more to, to funnel out here in the upcoming weeks, but um, 
I believe it was the Patriots, Bears, Falcons, Steelers, Raiders. I want to say there was maybe one or two other teams that um, said that their their players, Steelers especially, that they none of their players will show up for, for in-person workouts until they get more clarification on the COVID protocols and what's required moving forward. Um, look, if you're making the – I get it. Um, you know, mini camps, OTAs, off-season workouts. Some teams have bonuses tied to that to, to make people stay. I know um, Green Bay, because it's in Green Bay, Wisconsin, players aren't staying and living around year-round in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So in order to make sure people were showing up, they had to incentivize them and give them bonuses for in-person workouts. Um there's some other teams that tie in-person workouts to bonuses, but at this point, I think I don't know which way is better. Honestly, um, I think it hurts the the younger players. You know, the rookies, That's your first year players, your second year players, your special teamers, mm-hmm. people that need those. Yeah, to to get a shot. Um, your veterans aren't gonna aren't gonna feel the. You know, they're gonna want to do virtual leading up yeah. until training camp. And I get both sides of the coin. Just don't know if this is going to cause an issue or not. Yeah. Um, so it's just something to keep an eye on moving forward here. Um, there was uh, – so that's NFL-wise. That's all I got this week from NFL. College football, uh, they announced the – ESPN put out the top 10 in preseason FPI according to the rankings. So top 10, and this, this is where we'll get into preseason rankings and how they, <laughs> how they clout the, the college football playoff formula. You have Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Iowa State, Ohio State, one through five. Six through 10 is Texas A&M, Georgia, Mississippi State, Oklahoma State, and Penn State. Stop doing preseason rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all preseason rankings do is put the numbers around those top tier teams that you see in the college football every single year. And until you get rid of preseason rankings, then you are not going to get more than those four to five teams, four to six teams you see on a yearly basis. Mm hmm. It's just not going to happen. It's built. It's 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 built in bias because those teams, you know, even in the, even in losses, and we saw this last year. Even in losses, they don't drop that far. Mm. So you never you never truly get a, a true sense of you know one through four um, because certain teams have to climb so far up that they're just never going to get up there based on preseason rankings and where they're at. So. I just get rid of preseason rankings. Um, you know, have your uh, if you get rid of preseason rankings, then then have the college football rankings come out a little sooner than what they do. Don't don't wait till like the last what is it the last four weeks of the year they come out with the rankings or six weeks of the year or something like mm-hmm. that for bulls. Um, you know, maybe maybe announce them. You know, if you play uh, what twelve game schedule, so announce it say week six or week seven. 
come out, you know, halfway through the year with the with the college mm-hmm. football rankings, and then that way you have, you know, six you have six games, seven games to to shake it up and and see where one through four land at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like preseason does nothing but but put in the the bias to where you're going to constantly see Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and either some form of Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, at least put some film, you know, see what they are on the field first before you even slap a number on them. I was shocked to see Iowa State in here at number four, Mississippi State at eight, Oklahoma State at nine, Penn State at 10 is, eh. um, I Penn State's always overrated. I can't stand in any lines. Um, (laughs) it's shot and fire. Well, you can see what I'm wearing here. There's no, there's no, we are in this household. It doesn't, doesn't have no, we are. Um, Second rate ass team. It is what it is. Um, Look like the title's been thrown on the line. <laughs> the 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 main thing that I wanted to get into here, and this is not gonna, and we don't have to stay on this topic long. It it's. It's specific to our area and where we live, so we can broaden it out to to a bigger scope for people listening in from from other parts um, around the country and whatnot. But uh, there was a high school football coach this week from Pine Richland, um, predominant football high school uh, powerhouse as of recent years since he took over the program. Um, they've won, I think, six Whippeals and four state titles since he's been there. Two states. Like that. Um, has sent a lot of players to Division One, um, But he was uh, from all – he was fired this week uh, for potential hazing incidents um, that he was involved in. More reports have come out, and there's been a lot of uh, media attention on this locally that – the coach was railroaded by the superintendent and the vice superintendent of Pine Richland School District. And basically, they were upset that the football coach had more power and was more recognizable within the community and the school than themselves. So they basically railroaded him to get him fired. Um, the football players held kind of like a sit out yesterday. Um, we're not going into school until they got a chance to talk with the superintendents. Um, the coach that was fired has since then reapplied for his job because the job is open. So he reapplied <laughs> for the job. Uh, this is just turning into a complete shit show. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew up and went to a high school where football was king. Mm-hmm. But the Woodland Hills nationally ranked while we were all in school top 10 top five willing hills at one point in time had the most nfl players in the nfl at one time from any high school in the country so the football factory um if you went to willing hills uh george novak who's one of the the best high school football coaches around uh records wise wins wise um he was as known or if not more known than teachers, superintendents, 
school board members, you know, George Novak was synonymous with the communities that make up the Woodland Hill School District. This is not uncommon um, to see in in areas where high school football programs and football in general are king. Um, the football coach tends to be the main figure in those communities as far as, you know, recognition and, and so on and so forth, right or wrong. Um, get into that for different different subject but um do you think and, and you see this in colleges um you know like you have your you run through your list you have joe paternos up at penn state and we all saw how that played out whenever penn state ran into their issues nick saban at alabama bobby bowden at florida state um all these coaches throughout the years that at some point in time are the most powerful individuals for those schools in those communities make the most money um i just don't see how it'll change <laughs> because football is king it's it's from high school through the pros football in this country is the number one sport mm -hmm. not going to change it it's going to stay that way um, I don't see any other sport overtaking football as far as popularity. So in those instances, when you have a successful program, your head football coach is going to be the top dog. Like that's all there is to it. But to, if what there, if what's being reported is true, and the the superintendent and vice superintendent went on this witch hunt to basically railroad the head coach from Pine Richland to get him fired. Um, and there were text messages shown from school board members that sent out emails and that to to staff and people say, hey, football po football coach is being let go this week. If you know anybody or you can think of any recommendations, let us know as far as candidates to replace him. So, like, <laughs> wow, it's 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 mm -hmm. getting deep. Um, was there hazy? And was there was it really hazy? So, from what I saw, um, all the all the 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 people that live in the community and have sons that play on the football team and, and called into the local radio shows this week. And, you know, Mark Madden and Colin Dunlap and all those guys that reported on, you know, on the stuff or on 937 the fan um, that covered it this week. Basically it was, it was literally just like a witch hunt and a railroad and that those allegations that got him fired were not true. And it was just the fact that, the superintendent and vice superintendent didn't like the fact that the football coach was the top dog of the school and held the most power and had the most influence. And, you know, I don't and they fired I, the whole staff too. the whole staff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like they cleaned house all because of, you know, a, a, over a power trip. Um, you, you, you smear a man if, if it's if it's not true like if, if the if the allegations if, if there's evidence and stuff comes out that it was true and and there was you know true hazing and everything else and listen hazing nowadays isn't accepted we we know plenty of players that played on a football team in willing hills and if some of those hazing stories got out man you would have had people arrested um and that was the case even with other teams, you know, other teams playing on sports. You know, I know on the soccer team there was stuff going on that that 
that wouldn't be looked upon in a in a great light as far as as hazing stuff goes. But if it's not true, then you just completely ran a smear campaign and ruined a man's name and reputation mm-hmm. because you weren't happy that he had more power than him. And since the man been there, he's ran a successful program. He sent a bunch of kids to D1, D2. Every, like, he's getting kids scholarships and everything else. Like, I just don't get – I don't get the, the reason why – they decided to go after him and take and, and take this approach to it. Um, you know, are, are, are all coaches great in what they do um, as far as helping off the field? No, um, there's there's stories, you know, from from our high school with with you know um, scholarship offers and letters being withheld and and not being passed along to the players. We. We've seen that in other districts around our area. There was a story not maybe a couple of years ago that came out. Um, I don't know, I don't know if it was Clarion. Um, it was, was it Clar- Clarion or Aliquippa? There was, it was, yeah, it was. I think it was Aliquippa. Yeah, there was. You know, where there was a, a big story about you know boxes of of scholarship offers found for for players that weren't ever given to the players, and it's like, well, what are you? What are you doing? You're, yeah, mm-hmm. you know these are kids in communities that are looking for a way out. They have a way out based off of their their athletic ability, and and you don't give that to them for whatever reasons. Like, so I'm not saying that the coaches are 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 all on the up and up in this scenario either. Um, it's one of the reasons why I stopped coaching sports. I used to coach youth sports here in 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 the township that I that that I live in. Um, but the politicking and the, and the dealing with parents and everything else, and it's just like it, it's not worth it because it takes away from why I got involved in doing it in the first place, mm-hmm. and that's to help the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of a lot of dads and a lot of coaches growing up that volunteered their time to give back to make the kids better, and not just in sports, but in stuff with life in general. And somebody that lost their father at a young age, a lot of those guys were dad-like figures because those were men that I spent the most time around because I played sports. So looked up to a lot of them and a lot of them were friends of my dad. So it's like there was a natural correlation, but it was always something that I, that I wanted to do once I got older. I, that's what I knew I wanted to do to give back was to help out kids by by going into the community and coaching and, and helping teaching those life lessons that I got taught at a young age and teamwork and facing adversity and all this stuff that goes into playing sports. But the politicking just it, mm-hmm. it gets to you. It wears on yeah. you. It, it takes away from what it, what it should be about, and that's helping the kids get to where they want to be, no matter what level you coach at, whether it's peewees, midget ball, junior high, high school, college. Um, that's what you're there for. But you know, with power and money comes comes problems and issues. And Biggie Smalls made a whole song about that. So, um, you know, I don't I don't know what happens. I'm gonna follow up and, and keep keep an eye on this story just to see how it plays out. Um, you know, but I just, I just don't get the. I, I never understood the power struggle with that and, and why it was an issue. But apparently, it was in this case, and that's what led to him being fired. So. At the end of the day, all it does it hurt. It hurts the kids. 
That's all it does. That's all it ever does. No matter where you're at, what what, what school district it is, what community it is, and Pine Richland, you know, um, for those folks, uh, Pine Richland is your is your your upper class community um, as far as you know, I would say median income goes um, based off of the surrounding areas. So you know, um, not that those kids are necessarily better off than kids in some of the communities that we live in, grew up in, um, but you know. At the end of the day, kids are kids, and, and all you're doing is hurting the kids. So um, the adults need to get their shit together and figure it out and, and move on. But, you know, it started out with, oh, my God, this coach got fired. There's hazing, big scandal, and now it's turned into something that's completely different. And it's like, yo, these superintendents and school board members and everybody else that played into this, if this was a true Ram job, then you need to go and you need to step down immediately because you aren't the people that should be representing the school district and, and representing the kids because you're not doing what's right for the kids. Mm-hmm. So long take there, big brabble, but um, that's all I got for this week in sports. All right, it's time for the world-famous, world-renowned global sensation that is one gotta go and if you see on the bottom right hand corner of your screen there available now on our pro wrestling tea store our one gotta go merch shirt you have the choice of which dumb mark you'd like to kick off the show we are accepting fan votes um we will keep this <laughs> out and, and run a total um at some point in time you know maybe we'll get a ghost I guess host in here to replace um, the mark with the highest total. So, with that, <laughs> that being said, pick up the shirt. Uh, That's a good with, idea. With support. Yeah. Let's, let's get into this week's one. Got to go. So I already had one picked for today, but with your <laughs> argument. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go with powdered drink mixes. Who's Who's going to hate on these ones this week of Crystal Lake, Kool-Aid, Country Todd, Lemonade, and Tang? Crystal, do they even still make the powder form of Crystal Light? Isn't it just yep. all the squeezable shit now? Nope, nah. they still do powder. <laughs> what do you mean? So I drink. So obviously we know Jay is not getting rid of Crystal Light. I'm not. I, I will go down the um, Crystal Light, staying. Kool-Aid, if my brother makes it, staying. I don't know. He's blessed with the touch of not measuring. He just he just goes and it's great. I don't know. <laughs> Country Time Lemonade, great. Tang, got to go. I don't think I've had Tang in years. <laughs> not even a Tang sandwich, and I've done stupid stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, you know, if you grew up watching Married with Children, like I think all the tags you know, that was like having fluffing butters. You, know? <laughs> you got to do what you got to do whenever you don't got food in the house. But uh, hang sandwich and Bundy iced tea, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like they say, you got to pinch the bottom of the bread so it don't all fall out the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with Jay on this take. Uh, Tang got to go on this list. Um, do they still? As, do they still make Tang? Yeah, I still. I, I, I believe so. They, yeah, I'm gonna try to find some. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Crystal, Crystal Light. Um, 
That was growing up, Crystal White. That it was like my mom buying skim milk or super skim milk. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that's that's uh, the tough- it's healthier for you. Listen, I just give me the give me the whole Crystal Light's another tax bracket. What you mean out the hood? You got Crystal Light. No, I'd rather drink Lipton or, or or yeah, no, I'm not I'm not messing with Crystal Light all like that. Um Kool-Aid for me, um there was nothing better than cherry Kool-Aid in the tin canister growing up. <laughs> I, on a hot summer's day. Nothing better than that. Kool Aid now, Kool Aid now in the in the plastic containers. Eh, no, not so much. Country Town Lemonade is good. I I, I mess with Country Town Lemonade. Um, that's a good that's a good mixer for for you alcoholics out there. Um, but yeah, Tang Tang got to go on this list for me. Any of these could be good mixer for alcoholics out there. Nah, not Crystal Light. <laughs> Definitely not beer. Crystal Light and beer is terrible. Hey, look, I just bought some big lemonade vodka, and guess what's going in it? Crystal Light. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with Jason and Steve. Tang got to go. It's just like a bland orange, like the worst type of orange you could possibly get. Yeah, Old Country Time, uh, I love it. I love the strawberry lemonade of it. Kool-Aid is king. Yeah. Crystal Light. Crystal Light's Crystal Light. Tang, gotta go. Is this the first time we're all gonna agree? I think so. This is a <laughs> horrible one. Gotta go. Way to kill the segment. <laughs> That's what happens when you go rogue with something. <laughs> I thought about kicking Crystal Light off just because of it, but yeah, no. I still drink Crystal Lights. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tang, gotta go. Just bland. Tune in for next week's drink of the week. Tang. <laughs> <laughs> if we review Tang, I might quit the show. <laughs> uh, so, well, this won't get a lot of views and comments. Is, Good job, guys. Is 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 Sunny D better than Tang? Or Tan Pico? Sunny, Sunny, Sunny D is better than Tang. Yeah. Sunny D. Oh, Sunny D's trash. It is. Yeah. I like it better than Tang. Mm-hmm. It's not that much of a step up, but it's better than Tang. I haven't drank either one in years, and I don't plan on to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my streak of of not drinking Tang or Sunny Delight. I mean, I drank Sunny Delight, but it's like now it's like I look back and when that kid pushes away the purple stuff, it's like give me the purple stuff. <laughs> not that much of a step up. All right, that's it for this week's one. Gotta go. Wrap up show. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to episode 33 of the Dumb Marks podcast. Remember that we are live every Saturday at 11 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So please subscribe, like, and follow our social media pages at Dumb Marks POD. Message us during the shows while we watch live or email us at dumbmarkspod at gmail.com. Our audio-only edition of the podcast is released every Monday to listen on demand on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you didn't hear during the show... Our official Dumbmarks merch is now available to purchase on Pro Wrestling Tees. Visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash DumbmarksPod. Gentlemen, anything else before Steve sends it home? It's time! It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> terrible. <laughs> I don't got, I don't got I don't nothing else about it. I don't. <laughs>
All right. Well, with that being said, uh, well, well, positivity to to go home and show like we like to do here. So, uh, we all have a past. We all have made choices that maybe weren't the best ones. None of us are completely innocent, but we all get a fresh start every day to be a better person than we were yesterday. And with that, you're a Mark. I'm a Mark. Tell a Mark. We appreciate you, Marks. And until next time. You can catch us around the way. I made the show without taking a piss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>